Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I am Joe Stark, and today I'm going to be talking DC Comics with my friend Jordan Leakin from the Supercast. Now, if you're into comics, pop culture, any of these movies that are getting made these days with all the superheroes in them, you've definitely got to check out Jordan's podcast, The Supercast. It's a weekly show. Him and his co-host, Joe V, they cover all this news. They give their take on it. Um... Man, they do a great job. It's one of those podcasts I look forward to listening to every week. And I feel very fortunate that Jordan was able to take some time out of his busy schedule and uh, get together with me over Skype. And we got a we got a nice episode we put together for you guys. We talk about a lot of cool stuff. Um, <laughs> um, we were supposed to get this recording going about three and a half hours before it actually happened. <laughs> you know, different things come up, and uh, we persevered, we held in there, and instead of starting recording this uh, this episode at 9 o'clock, we're starting around 12.30, and um, get it finished up somewhere somewhere in the wee, wee, wee hours of the morning. So as it goes on, you might notice it more with me than with Jordan. I think Jordan's used to the late nights, but... <laughs> I don't remember the last time I stayed up that late. And so you might notice me getting a little bit loopy on this one, but it's all good. I'm talking with a good friend. And um, yeah, we you know, we don't get into anything too serious. We're talking superheroes, comic books, movies. Oh man, he even gets me going on a rock climbing tangent later. So strap in, folks. Jordan Leakin from the Supercast. Right, sitting here with Jordan Leakin, and uh, we're going to talk some DC Comics, DC Rebirth. Hell yeah. <laughs> How you doing tonight, Jordan? Dude, I'm all right. It, it's just been fucking crazy here. We're, we tried to get this recording going earlier, but we had a fucking 10-car pileup out here in Wichita. Some dumbasses were racing. Just totally went through red lights and caused a whole, whole traffic deal, and it was a mess. But other than that, I'm doing all right. Right on, man. So, uh, how many of these DC Rebirth books are you actually reading? Oh, God. I think all of them. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> or close to, if not all of them, close to all of them. Damn. No, I am. I'm reading all the, re- no, no, I'm not. Harley Quinn's the only one. I, dude, I, I, I don't like the Harley Quinn title. I, I just don't. I'm not a huge Harley Quinn fan. Yeah, my only exposure to her has been in the Suicide Squad books so far. And, you know, she's not my favorite character in the squad. But, man, she is popular right now. I know, and it's like, I need to go back and read some of her more original stuff because I just, I don't see why. I mean, I've seen her in the, you know, the Batman, the animated series where she was introduced, but, and she's great in that and fun and everything, but there's just, man, I don't know. I I just don't like reading her solo comics. I don't know if the Joker's in it and shit, awesome, but if it's just her doing her normal shit, it's like, you know, I just don't like taking a whole... A whole fucking serving of Harley Quinn, you know. I, I can take her in like slices. Yeah, for sure. You know, if she's like added into other stories, but you know, I don't want the whole Harley Quinn pie, man. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck, I don't know. I just can't. It's just it's not that interesting to me. Yeah, my wife got me a handful of books for um, for Christmas this year, and one was a Harley Quinn and Deadshot book, and I read it. It was kind of a weird read. Um, you know, not having much previous experience with the character. 
I'm not sure what her other storylines were like, but it really seems like they're trying to steer her into the anti-hero direction. And I don't know if that's what she was originally or not, but that's definitely what the book feels like. No, she was and, a you know, I don't villain. know if that's a direction they're going just because she's so popular in pop culture right now. I she is. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but she is. She's she's like their uh she's like their Deadpool basically. Yeah, totally. Is what it seems like to me, but I I just I don't know why I don't know how she got so popular. Well, actually, yeah, I do. It's because fucking uh, Margaret, Margaret Robbie, or however you say her name, she did the role and got so good. And I guess that's probably what made her so popular. But you know, with the uh, with regular fans, she's been a comic hit for a long time. But it just blows my mind that she got her origins from you know Batman the animated series. <laughs> that it wasn't a comic book origin. Yeah, the first time I, oh, what was it? It was a hush. The first time I read about her, or the first time I read her character, you know. And I gotta read Hush again. I haven't read it in so long. <laughs> she was definitely not playing the anti-hero in that. She was just straight up villain. Yeah, that's what she is. It's but weird. you know, it makes me wonder if they're doing this because the popularity of Margot Robbie. Are they going to do the exact same thing that what? It, who's doing X Men? Is that Fox? Yeah. Okay. Basically, what they did, you know, they had uh, Jennifer Lawrence in, and it's like, ooh, we got this girl that's a big star now. Let's write everything around Mystique. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with X-Men comics, but I do know Mystique was a bad guy. <laughs> yes, or villain. Mystique's nothing. Yeah, she's nothing like she is in the movies, and I hope DC doesn't make the same mistake. However, at this point, I don't know what other mistakes they could make. I mean, they can only go up from here. <laughs> and that's really unfortunate, dude, because, you know, we're such big DC fans. It's like, dude, I, I want the DCEU to fucking kick Marvel's ass. I do. But unfortunately, it's just not the way it is right now. It does seem that way. I don't know. I'm I'm far too generous. I get entertained by. I would if I had a show where I did reviews on movies and stuff. It'd be I, it'd be similar to like what you know when you hear Kevin Smith do a review, and no matter what he saw, he comes up with something positive to tell you about it, and then you go and watch it, and you're like, uh, I'm not seeing that at all, Kev. Why'd you tell me this was awesome? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, Yoga Hosers. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't watched that one. but uh, I finally watched a little bit of it. <laughs> did you see where he... Uh, dude, did you see where he... You know, okay, because uh, I was going to... Well, everybody already knows, but I was going to break this news, talk about this news on the Supercast, but you know, you saw where uh, Ben Affleck dropped out for director of the Batman. Yeah. And, you know, everybody knows by now. And, you know, they were looking for a new director... And there's it on screen right now a story of why Kevin Smith won't be won't be the director. I was like, please don't tell me this is a serious article. There's no fucking way anybody could have ever imagined that Kevin Smith would really be a, a blockbuster movie director, you know? And he, he put on there he tweeted why he uh, three reasons why he wouldn't be director. I can't remember what the first reason was. Oh, fuck what? What was the first reason? <laughs> I, I remember what I the second reason was. I don't remember what the first one, the third one was. <laughs> yeah, the uh, man, yeah, the second one, first one was something. The second one was, I did yoga. Yeah, yeah that's the one that made me <laughs> laugh, probably why I remember it. <laughs> and then, well, his, I know his third one was, uh, like, uh, let's be real or something like that. Like, he, you know, he, he admitted it. It was something close to that, but I was just cracking up. Like, I can't believe. That anybody, because the story was like a bunch of people were throwing his name out there for the director. I'm like, are 
Are these people fucking retarded? <laughs> well, there's a big I mean, difference yeah, he, in doing, you know, a good job on a TV show where in, you know, exactly. Kevin Smith is always quick to point out, hey, I just show up and I just say action and cut and tell everybody they're doing a fantastic job and where aren't we doing the greatest job in the world? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's got to be totally different animal when you're taking on a, a studio project from a studio that is known to interfere with the project. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you yeah, know. and that, I, I just got to say that, I, and I said it on my last episode of the Supercast, but that pisses me off how much Warner Brothers is interfering with it, because if you remember, when all this shit was starting, they fucking said that this was going to be a filmmaker-driven studio, and that their filmmakers were going to have most creative control over all the projects, and it was going to be all their visions and everything, and here they come in, fucking stepping in everything and muddling in everything, or meddling in everything. And I understand you got to do that to an extent, but then they learn their lesson by they should just look to Iron Man two. Iron Man two would have been a way better movie if they didn't try to turn that into their launching off point for the rest of the MCU. But I don't know. You could get into that forever, but it's just it's just infuriating to me because they did they were so adamant about being the filmmaker driven studio. Yeah. And they're not. Yeah, totally. I mean, they really do seem to be interfering a lot. Um, I thought Dawn of, or Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. What a long mouthful of a title. Um, I know. I thought there were parts of that movie that was totally awesome. And then on a whole, I was able to really appreciate it. I don't know. Appreciate might be too big of a word. <laughs> I remember, well, yeah. I remember watching it. The first time I watched it, it was with my wife and my two boys. And we kept having to pause it so that I could explain to them what the fuck they were seeing on the screen. Right. And that movie probably shouldn't have been done that way. Right. <laughs> no, you're you're totally right, dude. That's like when I explain it, you know, I, I'm a defender of that movie. I like that movie. Yeah, I liked it I too. I don't love that movie, but I like that movie. The extended version, anyways, the theatrical cut, you've got to watch the extended version. And I know it's hard because it's over three hours. Yeah, I've watched them both. But here's the thing about that movie. Okay, if you actually, what you, you got to be kind of smart, and you've got to actually understand what's going on, and the things that Superman is facing, and the reasons why Batman's getting involved, and how Lex Luthor has kind of puppeteered the whole thing together. Now, why he puppeteered the whole thing together doesn't really make much sense to me. Why he wanted them to fight each other and everything. But if you actually watch the movie and understand that what's going on, it's a good story that makes a lot of sense, but that's not the story it should have been. You, just like you said, that's that's exactly not the... It shouldn't have been that story. You know, you shouldn't... It should have been a fun movie, and then Batman should have came in and made it a little bit darker. But then in the end, it's just... It's got to be a fun movie altogether. You shouldn't be tackling these really, really mature plot points and everything. You know what I mean? Well, not when your audience is going to be comparing it against these MCU movies. Exactly. And Joe, Joe V, my uh, co-host on the Supercast, he said it at a great point. He's like, man, you've got Superman and you got Batman. You've got the two most respected, probably popular superheroes of all time. And you've got them on the screen together. And the movie didn't make a billion dollars. That's shameful, man. It is. It's it's totally shameful. The way I understood those reports is that Avengers and those other MCU movies like that one that, you know, did gangbusters was from repeat viewings at the box office. And Batman v Superman didn't really see that because I think your average fan walked out of there going, 
okay, I saw some kick-ass stuff, but overall, what the fuck was going on in that movie? Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, me being a total DC nut, you know, I understood a lot of what I was seeing. But, you know, my wife and my kids were like, what the hell is that? And then I'm like, oh, well, that's a parademon. And they're like, well, what's a parademon? <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, now I got to explain that. Right. You know, and uh, I don't know. There was large chunks of that movie I still really, really enjoyed the hell out of, though. Oh, I did, too, man. That fucking, uh, towards the end, my favorite part of the whole movie is Batman scene where he goes to save uh, Superman's mother. Oh, that was the shit. Oh, that was awesome. Dude, when he got shot right in the head with that gun, <laughs> and he just fucking turns around and beats the shit out of that guy. That was so great. Well, they just did everything right in that scene, and it was something that we hadn't seen before in a Batman on the screen. He was using his, yep. he was using his gadgets. He was kicking the shit out of a large group of people, and it wasn't done in the dark, so we could actually see his movements yep. and everything. And I, I don't know. When he shot, and he shoots it through yeah. that crate and then whips it back over his head and takes a guy out with it, you know, that... That's something straight out of a comic. Yes, that's fucking Batman right there, dude. Yes, using his gadgets and everything, being totally fucking badass. <laughs> Hell yes. You know, and Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne is great because I, you know, my Batman, which is a lot of people's Batman, is he's dark, he's brooding, he's he's not very social. You know what I mean? He's totally within himself. He's paranoid about everything. Yeah. And he's just calculating and... He, and Bruce Wayne just played that perfectly, you know, and he can put the act on, but I think Christian Bale overdid it in the Dark Knight movies when he was, you know, being the playboy guy or whatever. I just think, I think they were overdoing it with that. As those movies went on, I liked Christian Bale as Batman and Bruce Wayne less and less. Like in Batman Begins, yep. I was really enamored. I was like, oh my gosh, he's even, listen, listen, he's using a gruff voice. And I'm like telling people about how in the comics he talks like that. But then by Dark Knight Rises, when he's yelling in that gruff voice, it was brutal to listen to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's sad that, you know, in the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies of all time, favorite movies of all time. Oh, for sure. And it's not even because of Batman. <laughs> no, it's it's far, it's way more because of Heath Ledger's Joker for me. Exactly. And it's like Batman took a supporting role to the Joker in that movie. Oh, absolutely. What really sucks about that is, you know, a lot of reports say, well, I should read some more, but I think some reports even hinted at Heath Ledger died kind of because of that role. Because he was trying to, you know, well, it, he it, he overdosed on drugs, didn't he? Yes. Okay. I heard, or I read a few places that he was actually, he got hooked on those drugs because he actually started taking them when he was getting ready for the role of the Joker because he was trying to become crazy and shit. Oh, shit. And so out of hand. Uh, now, I don't know if that's true at all. And that could have just been speculation, what I read. Um, you know, don't take me at that word. I, I, I really don't want to uh, disrespect Heath Ledger's name and everything, you know. But, well, but man, if that's true, my God, that's dedication. <laughs> yeah, and if there's one thing that people in this world need to do is their own independent research. If you're getting your primary education from a podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> independent Maybe research. you wouldn't believe how many people do. Oh, yeah. You know, but, you know, we live in a world where people take facts off of headlines and then they get outraged and they're all upset. <laughs> Especially fucking Facebook headlines that aren't even true. Don't get me started on Facebook, man. Oh, man. It, oh, man. So many people are so stupid. Mm -hmm. 
All I know is that whoever can write an app right now that can block out anything that has to do with politics on Facebook, charge a nickel for it, and they're going to be a millionaire overnight. Oh, God, yeah. Dude, I saw one the other day. Well, it wasn't the other day. It was back by uh, Halloween, but it said <laughs> this is the first time in over 100 years that Halloween is landing on a Friday the 13th. And so many people were commenting under that, like, no way, that is so awesome. I was like, are these people fucking stupid? <laughs> Halloween is October 31st, you fucking idiots. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, Jesus. <laughs> it's just shit like that that's all over the place. It just really shines a light on how stupid people really are. And I hate to say that, but it's like, you know, I've said it to you several times. Common sense nowadays is not so common, man. It's a rarity. It is severely lacking in a lot of people. <laughs> and so when I yeah, when I say, well, it's just common sense, I don't say anymore. I say it, it's just rare sense, you know? Yeah. <laughs> rare sense. That's a lot better. <laughs> it's sad, man. It's so sad. But shit, we've done it to ourselves, dude. We're just too reliant. And, and I'm one of them. We're just too reliant on social media and everything, man. It's like, God, can you imagine what would happen if fucking the internet went down? Oh, I know. People would read. Like, my work would be, my work would be okay because I don't use a computer at work. I use it for my own personal stuff, but we don't use computers at all. We are totally paper trail here. Oh, that's, that's rare. One, it's very rare. And one main reason is because if the power goes out, we can still operate. Yeah. And not only that, but my checks are handwritten checks. Dude, the only place that'll cash these checks is either my bank or the bank it was written at. Walmart won't cash them. Because it's a handwritten check. It's not printed. Like, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> My paycheck stubs are the old school paycheck stubs that are literally on the end of the check. And it's like written, you know, it's like the like the Microsoft Excel box, like a diagram box. And it's like, you know, handwritten in there. And so I'm like, dude, this is so rare. I can't believe it. I have years of those stacked up. It's just funny to look at them. <laughs> yeah, my place is all modern. It's direct deposit. I don't even have to think about it. Which is, My work doesn't even offer direct deposit. How fucked up is that? <laughs> well, like you said, they're running old school. Totally old school. It's kind of sad, honestly. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I like it. <laughs> uh, there's a give and a take, huh? But it's funny because you get so many people, like, they'll call and, like, yeah, I'm looking for this kind of vehicle. This la-. I'm like, we don't do last names. I'm like, we, you know, we used to make a model. Well, can't you just, you know, type it in the computer? No, we don't have a computer, man. <laughs> I actually got to look this shit up. Uh, We're in the 80s here. How many times has that gotten you yelled at by somebody? Oh, a few times. Oh, man. Oh, my work, dude. There's, oh, man. Dude, customer service is hard. I think people dude. should be forced to do like a year or two of customer service just so they can understand what it's like to deal with people. Oh, yeah. But that's the great thing about my work is, yeah, I mean, I'm in... I'm technically in the customer service. Well, what I mostly do is dispatching. I mostly take calls from the police department or people that need tows, and I send the trucks out there. And I, you know, if they don't know where it's at, I mean, we got GPS nowadays, but honestly, dude, a lot of the trucks are running off of Garmin GPS still. And that's, that's stupid, man. Pull out your fucking phone and use Google Maps. It's always updated, it's totally free, and it's more accurate than Garmin now. I'm dead serious. Oh, yeah. In the age and of the so, smartphone, you know, there's they, no reason to be lost. Yeah, exactly. It's like they'll call, like, they don't know where something is. And if I can't, and sometimes it is, you can't find it on Google Maps. So we'll, and we get uh, maps every year. And I'll got to, like, go look at the map and shit. And I feel like I'm, like, I don't know, in, like, the 70s or 80s or something. <laughs> Looking shit up. But 
yeah, our, my customer service here is it's it's non-existent. We I do not have to serve the customer necessarily. I mean, they can come in if they come in. They're nice to me. By all means, I'll be nice. But if they come in here fucking cussing and shit, I will cuss right back at those fuckers. You know, I'm not here to please you. You know, I'm here to fucking follow the law and give you your vehicle back if you pertain to the law. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we don't have to put up with their bullshit. Oh, there's been plenty of times where I've cussed back and people are hung up the phone on them or told them to leave. It's it's great, honestly. I love not having to take any shit from people. (laughs) (laughs) I specialize in taking shit. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man, I can only imagine. Yeah, you know, I mean, mostly it goes well, but occasionally you'll just run into those people that and you run into them all the time it's like did you leave your house with an agenda to be a dick to somebody like what is oh, what is wrong with you <laughs> but i mean i don't know you know and you know i have my everybody's got days where they're just in a shitty mood but right but when you meet some people and you see them on a weekly basis and they're just always in a foul mood it's like dude what is wrong with you it just makes you thankful that you're not them oh indeed Yes. <laughs> it makes me very thankful. It's sad because a lot of people don't don't understand that, you know, like you for, for what you do, you know, if like they get mad, like let's say, I don't know what you deliver necessarily, what you do exactly, but let's say, you know, let's just say, for example, you're delivering some firewood to someone and they don't like the quality of the firewood and so they go fucking, you know, ballistic on you. It, it's not, that's not your fault, you know what I mean? That's the company's fault. But I remember right after high school, I was working at a grocery store and just stocking shelves and I'm working away and all of a sudden I feel someone grab my elbow and I turn around and there's an old guy there and he's upset. And so he grabs my elbow and he just starts walking and he's like, come with me, young man. I'm like, okay. He drags me halfway across what this. The fuck? Oh yeah, <laughs> he drags me halfway across this big super center grocery store, and I don't know if the grocery stores still have them. I know none of the ones around here seem to anyway. But do you remember back in the day you'd have like a little card that you'd keep on your keychain, and then you could get special discounts from the grocery store if you. Oh used yeah. That? Okay. Yeah, we've got yeah we got Dylan's still around here. That's yeah you got to use your Dylan's card. Or you're gonna be paying a lot of money. Yeah, well, this guy didn't save three cents on some. I can't believe it's not butter. And he, I love that fucking butter, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently this guy did too, but he did not like that he didn't save his three cents, ten cents, three cents, ten cents, three cents. It was pocket change, like pocket right. change. And I'm a stalker. I'm not in customer service. I can't help you out with right. this. And so I reach into my pocket and I pull out a quarter and hand it to him. And this guy blows his fucking top. <laughs> I thought I was, what, what, I thought what? I was cutting some corners and all I did was make him really mad. <laughs> Why do you get mad? You gave him the fucking change that he was trying to save. He wanted me to understand that the grocery store was fucking up by the fact that his card was scanned. He bought this item <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm 19 years old. I, I'm not equipped to handle this right now. <laughs> it's like, why don't you take your receipt <laughs> up to customer service, go get your five cents, and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no shit. But uh, that was that grocery store job. I, I ended up working almost every department there. And that's where I really came to the realization that some people just leave the house with the agenda to find somebody that they can yell at. Oh, yeah. Because most people, it's 
it's everyone else's fault. It's never their own fault. They're never at stake, or they, you know, the the wor- their life is so fucked up because the world's out to get them, or, you know, this happened or that happened. No one can ever accept the responsibility that, you know, I may be fucking mean and sad every day because I'm just a mean and sad fucking person, and I choose to be that way. And, you know, it's no one else's fault but my own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the way it is. Uh, the the highlight of that job was that the liquor department in this grocery store had a drive through window. <laughs> and I remember I was working it one day and this guy pulled up and I opened the window. I'm like, hey, sir, how can I help you? And I looked down and he's not wearing any pants. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so I went, yeah, I'm not serving. Please don't. Yeah, I'm not. Please the- tell me he at least had some boxers on. Oh, no, no. No. Oh my god. No, it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> oh Jesus. And so right away I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I'm like, get out of here. I'm not helping you. And he's like, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell your manager. I said, feel free to park your car and walk inside and let him know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I called his bluff, he drove away. <laughs> Ugh. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's even illegal to do that. <laughs> oh, it was gross. <laughs> it reminds me of earlier today. I can't remember. I can't I think it was uh I think it was Eric Mar Maribel or Mar however you say his last name Marble Marble Marable. but he okay Marable thank you and he uh, <laughs> we were talking about I had that flash statue on the Super Cats Facebook page mm-hmm. and he was like I'm gonna have to watch that first he said that we were making him bankrupt <laughs> because we were posting all these cool pictures I was like I was like sorry man but uh, he was like, I'm going to have to, I posted, and I was like, there's an HD unboxing video, and he's like, oh, I'm going to have to add that and watch it later. I'm like, just make sure there's no kids around when you watch it. I was like, I think I put a viewer discretion notice on there, and he's like, I'm hoping for foul language. It's <laughs> like, but but if you're if you're standing there doing it, doing it in the buff, just just stay sitting down, and I'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, I promise, dude, it, it's, it's because of language. <laughs> You know, I got you guys a subscriber to your podcast today. I was talking to a guy at work and I was telling him about your unboxing video and how funny it was when you did that Batman one. And you're like, you know, I'm not gay, but I totally fucked this Batman statue. Oh, man. I told that to this I guy would. at work and he's like, All right, I'm going to look, I'm going to check out that podcast. Awesome. Thank you. That's awesome, man. Oh, man. It's like the flash one and I couldn't. I was dead serious. It's like, dude, when I when I masturbate, dude. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, I don't look at porn, I look at fucking badass statues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fucked up. <laughs> it is fucked up. <laughs> oh shit. Hey, do you remember like a half hour ago we were talking about DC books? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's these rabbit holes, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. You go down these rabbit holes. Um, uh, what did what are you thinking of the Suicide Squad run, though? The Suicide Squad run, it's okay. I think it's okay. It's nothing great for me. And, like, they keep, uh, they keep putting these ads in the back of all of them about, you know, the new uh, trade that's coming out. And I'm like, man, I just, I don't know. They've got all these quotes on here, like, you know, it's just immense, great action from beginning to end, and how, you know, the it's it's good to see one of the better books of the 80s back to form, and I'm like, I just, I don't think it's really all that great. I mean, it's okay. 
Justice League versus Suicide Squad was fucking fantastic. Oh, that crossover was great. What a cool story. Oh, yeah. And the Suicide Squad books that tied into that were, were really good, too. Like, uh, especially the um, the one where it showed uh, uh, Max Max Lord and, and Amanda Waller's backstory. Oh, yeah. That was like, uh, it, was, it was one of the Justice League ones, like maybe 13 or something like that. 12. Oh, it was. That wasn't Suicide Squad. My bad. That was a cool issue, though. But yeah. Yeah, it was. I didn't know much about Max Lord before that issue. And so it was it was almost like Max Lord Rebirth, you know, but then they just packaged it as a Justice League book. Yeah, because believe it or not, my first exposure to Max Lord was fucking season one of Supergirl. Yeah, same here. <laughs> first time I had ever ever heard of him. I'm pretty sure. Um the the first story arc that was in Suicide Squad was the Black Vault. And it did have some highlights in it that I thought were pretty cool. Do you remember how it kind of skipped back and forth and it gave you like backgrounds on the different members of the Suicide Squad like throughout the story? Very vaguely, dude. And and that's the problem with reading so many damn comics every week is I, it's so fucking hard for me to remember. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, I feel I, it, you, it, dude. it does. I, <laughs> and then I try to cut down on them, but I'm like, fuck, I just, I still want to read this one, you know? And then I want it in that one and then that one. And it's like, I'm not kidding. I probably read 40, maybe more a week. And it's like, man. I gotta cut. I tell myself every week. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta cut this shit down. So I'm actually remembering what's going on because it's like, you know, let's say I read Batman, you know, and then next month I get to that book and I open it up and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I cannot remember because <laughs> I just got so many different ones. So no, I, I can only just vaguely remember it. Well, the part that I really enjoyed was when it was showing Boomerang's background, and he was just making up all this bullshit to Amanda Waller saying that he had previously been in the Australian like intelligence agency or whatever it was. And I do remember this. <laughs> do you remember he said that he went up against a villain called the Drop Bear? <laughs> no. Okay, do you know what a Drop Bear is? No. Okay, and <laughs> I'm going against my own. <laughs> what I was saying earlier about how do independent research, I haven't done independent research on this. <laughs> but I really should because it just cracks me the fuck up. Okay, apparently Australians fuck with tourists by saying that there is a species of koala bear called a drop bear. And if you're standing under a tree and going, oh, look at the koala, it might actually be a drop bear. And what a drop bear does is it waits for somebody to stand under the tree, and then it drops down on you and attacks your face. (laughs) (laughs) And so Boomerang's telling Waller that there's a villain in Australia called the drop bear. (laughs) And when it shows him, it's a big fat guy in a fur coat. (laughs) He looks like a fucking pimp or something like that. But then a little bit later, <laughs> spoiler alert, a little bit later in the story, Boomerang's like in a warehouse or something, and this motherfucker crawls up into the rafters and drops down on Boomerang like a real drop bear. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. And like, I oh remember God. saying to my wife, I'm, you know, she's sitting aside watching me read these, you know, my wife's watching me read these comic books. She's not really into comics, and she's... And I'm like, like laughing my ass off trying to tell her about this drop bear story. And she's just kind of staring at me. I'm like, I can't believe how funny this Suicide Squad book is. Of all the Rebirth books I'm reading, the Suicide Squad one, Suicide Squad one was really cracking me up a lot. So you, you like it a lot? You like the new Suicide Squad run a lot? I, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. I enjoyed the first story, uh, Black Vault. See, I'm going to have to go back and... Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and read them again. 
I've got to cut down on books. I, but since we're talking about that, I'll talk about some that have been a little bit disappointing. Um, Nightwing. Okay, that's one that I haven't been reading. Been, yeah, that's it, it's a little disappointing to me. I, I was all excited. He was going back to Bloodhaven, and he was going to be in his, uh, you know, his blue outfit again. And because the run before that was uh, Grayson, where he was in the uh, the spy agency. Um, fuck, what was it called? It wasn't Checkmate. Spiral, where he was a part of Spiral, and and it was really good. Mm-hmm. I've uh, heard good reviews on they, that book. Know, I haven't read it, but um, uh, Jared Gafford was talking about it on uh, Joe Schmo, and man, he did a good job selling that book. It sounded awesome. It, it is. I, I'm pretty damn sure it was written by Tom King, and it's yeah, it's it's really good. The uh, the art's amazing too, but they have the they have like these uh, contact lenses or and stuff that they put on themselves and they have this like chip in their brain and they're able to do this like uh, hypnosis thing to people. It's crazy, man. When they look at them and stare at them and shit, and it's really cool. But yeah, that book was great. And so I was all excited for him to go back to Bloodhaven and become Nightwing again. Cause he hadn't been Nightwing in a long time. He had been an uh, agent 37 and I was all excited for it. And honestly, I've been pretty let down by it and it could just be me, but I don't, I haven't seen a lot of praise for it either, but I don't know. It could just be me. And another thing that I've been pretty let down with, and it really sucks, dude, is Batman. I haven't been impressed with the Tom King run either. Me neither, man. I and it's, it just really sucks, dude. Because you know, it's like, and at the same time, I'm like, okay, I've got to set my expectations a little bit lower because it's coming off of, in my opinion, maybe the best run of all time with the you know Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Yeah, I read those first and, two trades of New Fifty Two Batman, and wow. That's good shit, and I don't yes. know. I've read a lot of Batman trades, so you know I feel like I got a pretty good background to compare that character against. I'm I'm more new to a lot of these other DC characters, but yeah, that was a good Batman run. Yes, and real quick, sorry if you hear this like puffing into the mic. My dog is just just faces <laughs> right up to the mic right now. <laughs> it's all good. But if I stop petting him, he'll freak out and be like, "Why, why aren't you petting me?" You know, he'll freak out because I'm not giving him attention. <laughs> But, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's, dude, it's just been letting me down, man. Especially, well, I will say this, especially the Bane, the Bane story. Oh, that was horrific. They had hyped that up to be, yeah, like, one of the greatest stories ever. And I'm like, you know, one of the greatest confrontations ever. And I'm like, dude, that, that was terrible. But apparently it hasn't came yet. I guess him and Bane are about to get into a big showdown. And that was just the precursor for it. So hopefully that can, you know, because Bane and Batman really have maybe had some of the best fights of of all of Batman and his uh, rogues gallery. Fuck, Bane broke his back that one time, which the Dark Knight Rises pulled from. Uh, You know, Bane's just badass, and in that run, he didn't even have his venom, but now he's got it again. Mm -hmm. I know if starting to take if he was trying to compare to the Nightfall books, it's like, dude. Yeah, it's just man. There was just a lot it's of not- weird choices in that first run. I mean, because that storyline was the I am suicide one, and I was stoked. Yeah, I was stoked because I read the first two issues, so that had been the standalone number one, and then you know the regular number one. And I was like, mm, not impressed. I'll wait for the trade. And then when I read the blurbs about I am suicide coming out, I was like, yes, I'm jumping back on Batman. And I read the first one. I was excited. I read the second one excited and then i think it was maybe it was the second or the third one where it was like batman just kept saying the same thing over and over again throughout the book kept saying like 
Like, give me Psycho Pirate or I will break your back. And yep. I'm like, did they send in some weird Batman robot? Like, why in the hell does he just yeah. keep saying the same thing over and over again? And uh, Exactly. And I was all excited for Psycho Pirate and everything. I'm like, yeah, let's get some, you know, let's get some good shit with him again. Let's get, because he's like, if you think about it, he's like one of the deadliest villains there mm-hmm. is. And they didn't do shit with him. Nothing. Not a damn thing. And it's and I remember what you mean. Like the beginning of the run started with the fucking Gotham and Gotham Girl. Like what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> I did enjoy the artwork in all those books, though. Oh yeah, but but now it's like David Finch isn't even doing it anymore. I mean, it's like half the fucking issues you read now are done by totally different people. And I knew this was going to be a problem when they started doing this, uh, you know, two books a month thing. I'm like, man, I I don't know. Like, yeah, it's going to be cool that we're going to be getting these books twice a month, but you, you cannot tell me that the quality is going to be as, as good as if it were one time a month. You know what I mean? The artists cannot, artists can barely keep up with a monthly book. There's no way they're going to keep up with a twice a month book. So now you're telling me that I'm going to get two books a month and they're going to be done by completely separate artists. And sometimes that's okay, but not all the time. You know, you've got to have consistent artwork throughout the story to make it tie with the right with the with the script and with with, you know the narrative that's going on and you know you get used to it and everything and i don't know that's just one thing that made the snyder capullo run so good was not only was snyder make having great fucking stories but the artwork man capullo's artwork was killing it every single issue every single month you knew that if the book wasn't gonna be if the story wasn't going to be top notch, the art would be, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you could also say vice versa. You could say if the artwork wasn't going to be top notch, the story would be. But the artwork is always top notch. Man, I can't wait for you to finish that run because oh god, it's so good. I think I got like seven or eight more trades to go. <laughs> it even gets good when uh, Jim Gordon becomes Batman, and I was worried about that. And the story and the reason why Batman. Bruce Wayne doesn't become Batman anymore. It's very interesting. Very interesting. And like what he does during the time he's not Batman, it's very interesting. But, uh, you know, I just, I knew it wasn't going to be this current run. I knew it wasn't going to be that good. But, man, it just, it's really been let me down. Now, Detective Comics, on the other hand, great, great, great fucking book. See, I haven't been reading that one. I'll have to pick up the trade. Oh man, James Tynan the fourth or Tinian, however you say his name, he he's doing so good, and I really like him, dude, because he he filled in uh, sometimes for Snyder during the Capullo run, and oh man, he did great. He wrote the uh, Batman and Robin. There was uh, Batman Eternal, I think, and then Batman and Robin Eternal. Batman and Robin Eternal started off good, but it really kind of lost its way midway through the book. But man, he's always been in, you know, it's like, it's like, I think it's Tynan. It's like James Tynan the fourth has always been involved with Batman in some kind of way. And man, he's good at it. He's very good. I'm just, I am digging the shit out of Detective Comics, especially the beginning when the team got together. Clayface. Oh man, he was such a good addition. It was just really cool to see Batman take a villain and put him on the team. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Have you noticed that they're doing that with uh, Killer Frost? Yes. That's awesome. That was so awesome at the end of Justice League Su- versus Suicide Squad. And this is a spoiler alert. But, dude, that was so fucking awesome when Eclipso 
you know, re- revealed her true nature and it wasn't greed or nope. anything. <laughs> that was, f- that was a great ending. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then that was so good. And her standalone rebirth book uh, leading into Justice League of America was really good, too. Yeah, it was. I, I can't remember a whole lot of it, but I, I do remember it was good. <laughs> yeah, it was essentially Amanda Waller just kept tempting her, kept putting her in cells with people with like fire based abilities. Huh? Because remember, second man. <laughs> okay, this is all spoiler territory, folks. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. basically, at the end of the crossover, Batman tells Waller, "Killer Frost is coming with us. She's not going to be part of your Suicide Squad anymore." And so then, right. when it goes into Killer Frost standalone book. She, uh, she being Waller, Waller is like goes up to her and says, "You're not getting out today. Your paperwork that was lost, and it's going to be." resubmitted but you're going to be here for a few more days and then over those few days she keeps sticking her with cellmates that are tempting her to use her powers so that that way she can tell batman look what she did she killed her cellmate she needs to stay here and so the whole book is just her battling her nature and you know uh, it was good Well, then that confuses me then that confuses me because her rebirth story came out before justice league suicide squad ended yeah, it takes place after it. So maybe they just kind of fucked up their timeline a little bit there with the release of that. Huh. Yeah, because now I'm going to have to read it again because if you were if you were reading it... <laughs> God damn it, Diesel. <laughs> My dog. Uh, if you were reading it at the time it came out, you wouldn't know... You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't know the significance of the story or what was going on because you didn't know what happened at the end of a Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. I ha- I just happened to read it you know, in my pile, I read it after issue six of the Justice League versus Suicide Squad. So it worked, you know, it fit in for me. But yeah, if they released it that other way, then that must have clearly been a mistake on their part. Well, I guess this is a good point then to tell people uh, <laughs> if you're reading them, definitely read Killer Frost Rebirth after Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I thought all. And I will talk about. Oh, go ahead, dude. What'd you say? I say, go ahead, dude. I was just gonna say, and that that just reminds me of what Marvel did, dude. They fucked they fucked up, man. They were doing the Civil War two story, which had an interesting premise, but dude, it it ended up being kind of bland, man. Kind of, bleh. but uh, they they did the same thing, dude. Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, Civil War was in like its sixth, but it was eight, it was eight issues, and they were in like their fifth or sixth issue when they fucking started releasing all the pre Civil War books. It was stupid as hell, man, because you totally had it spoiled for you. Because at the beginning of all those books, it said, you know, Tony Stark is no more. Iron Man is no more. He's gone. You know, and you're like, oh, great. Now I know who wins. You know what I mean? And not only that, but they started doing all these stories afterwards and shit. And it just just did not add up at all. It was all fucked up like the fucking X-Men continuity (laughs) in the movie universe. Mm -hmm. It was all messed up. Shit. It's just, uh, it was unfortunate, man. Marvel's got some good books right now, but uh, they are fucking up, in my opinion, big time. <laughs> uh, there's just a couple Marvel books that I'm getting right now, but I remember I uh, it was a couple months ago. I don't even remember what book it was, but you know, I checked the Marvel release calendar online, and so I was like, oh, great, whatever book I'm getting is coming out tomorrow. And so I went to the comic shop, and I'm looking all around. It was a Thanos. And I'm looking around. I'm like, where is, I think it was Thanos number it's two. It's good. 
And yeah, I bought number one and two. I haven't picked up three it's yet. It's good. But um, I was trying to get number two. And uh, the lady who runs the comic book shop here in Marion, uh, she was like, yeah, I don't have it on my schedule here. And she's like checking a clipboard. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going off an internet schedule. It said it's supposed to be out. And she kind of laughed and she's like, yeah, those Marvel books aren't too good at sticking to a schedule. No, they're not. <laughs> and I'm really, they're not. I'm really new to picking up individual issues of comics. I've only been collecting individual issues for a few months or yeah, just a few months now. I'd primarily just dealt in trades before in the past. Well, and, and that's the thing also it's digitally, they're always on schedule. Always. It's the print books that they don't get out on time a lot. Weird. It's kind of fucked up, man. And it also pisses me off that they charge the same amount for digital that they do the books because digital, you're not printing them. You know what I mean? You're not dis- you're not distributing them at all. Mm-hmm. So why are you charging the same amount of money? And that gets me to the point of, dude, how do you feel about DC up in their books? Uh, yeah, obviously I'm not happy about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bullshit, man. It's total bullshit. I mean, take every book that's in your, you know, I mean, fuck with DC if you're reading all of them. You know, you're going to have several books a week. So you take each book in your pull list, add a dollar onto it. It's like, oh, great. Thank you for taking more money out of my pocket. And and in the shoes that you're in, you're just picking up digitals. Like, Why in the shit are you paying $4 for a digital book when you were previously paying three when it felt like a little bit of an outrage to pay $3 for a digital book? It's like, why would I pay full price for something digital? That's just weird. In Marvel's case, you're paying $5 a Mm. book. For most of them. Some of them are four, but most of them are five fucking dollars, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. And also at DC, it's like, okay, when they announced DC Rebirth and said that some of the books are going to be twice a, a month, you know, they're like, and they're going to be three bucks. You're like, oh, awesome. Okay, they're three bucks, but at the same time, it, they're really six bucks because you're buying them twice a month. So now you're paying four dollars twice a month. So you're losing two more dollars a month, really, for a lot of titles. It's just, it's sad, dude. It's really sad. Yeah, it's a real bummer, man. You know, they were talking about not too long ago how the comic industry has hit an all-time high since, you know, the early 90s or late 90s. You know, if that's true, why the fuck are they... Why are they upping their prices so much? Especially in DC's situation, because I'll tell you, man, it, it wasn't too long ago where I was preferring Marvel over DC. The New 52 just was terrible in a lot of ways. And I was way more excited for Marvel books, especially around Secret Wars. I really liked Secret Wars. The Secret Wars story was was very good. It was fantastic. Um, but, you know, when Marvel does Secret Wars, they stop all their books. All of them. And they start doing just Secret Wars stories. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, dude, there's a lot of interesting stories. But then DC Rebirth came out. And now, in my opinion, DC Rebirth is the king. They are the better stories. They're the better books right now. And I th- I'm pretty damn sure that they are outselling Marvel at this point. Yeah, I think the sales data shows that. And it's like, okay, if you're outselling them and you're doing so great, why, you know, it's almost like they're taking advantage of us. Like, okay, our stories are good again. You guys are buying into them. Okay, we're going to raise the price on you because you're buying this shit again. It just fucking sucks, man. It really sucks. Just do whether they realized or not. They're going to lose business because of it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it may it may balance out because people will start paying that money. But at the same time, why even do it? I mean, it's like, okay, yeah, you're going to bring in more money. Or you're going to bring in the same amount of money because some people are going to drop off and some people are going to start paying it. 
but even if it does balance out, you're still, in the long run, you're losing readers. So why even do it? And I could be talking out of my ass here. I don't know that that's the case. I'm just guessing. But, you know, it's just unfortunate, man. Well, it's probably a good guess. It really is. I mean, it's... It's, uh... <laughs> yeah. It pisses me off, dude. I mean, I got I got pretty fucking heated about it last episode of the Supercast. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I did, man. I got... I started yelling and shit. Oh, it just... It infuriates me, man, because I, you know, I want... You know, comics are... They're legendary, dude. They've been around for so long. They've brought so many smiles to people... They've helped so many kids, you know, you know, so many kids can just, you know, go to their bathroom or whatever and escape with a comic from whatever's going on in their life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, dude, if yeah, you're just making it harder for people to get them and pick them up and it's just sad. Now, Image, on the other hand, Image is fucking showing Marvel and DC how it's done. <laughs> Image is killing it right now. They're doing original stories, creator-owned stories. They're fucking great. Saga, in my opinion, is the best comic book out there right now. Maybe the best comic book of all time. And you read it. How'd you think about it? What'd you think about it? I think it? I'm about halfway through that volume one trade. And so far, it's freaking insane. It's definitely not like any other comic I've ever read. No, it's, it's not. It's got a good story. It's way the fuck out yeah, there. Yeah, it's got a really cool story. It's got great artwork. And uh, it's definitely adult themed. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Prince Robot, dude. Prince Robot, I love him, man. <laughs> that might have been in the first issue, too. I turned the page, and I'm like, what the fuck am I looking at here? <laughs> Did you Have you got to the issue yet where you open it up, and you just it's just a full fucking page of his dick? No. I'm glad I have that to oh look forward God. to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I spoiled it for you. <laughs> but, dude, you open it up, and it's just a full fucking big old, what do they call that again? When it's just all, the whole, both pages are dedicated to it. Um, <laughs> like it. There's a fucking name for it. I can't remember. But man, you just, uh, and that's all it is, dude. It's just a big old close up of it. Like, why? I love the print. I love the robots, dude. The royalty robots. They're fucking awesome. Wow. <laughs> I love their, uh, <laughs> their TV heads. It's so weird. Or like, it is, dude. It is so weird where you can, like, see what they're thinking and shit. Mm-hmm. And then when they're dreaming, you can see what they're dreaming, and oh my god, it's just so out there. But yeah, the book is fantastic, dude. And then Seven to Eternity, oh my god. That book's got some of the best artwork I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I'm not reading that one. Oh, you've got to, dude. You've got to. Don't wait for the trade, dude. Pick up the issues. I think there's only four right now. Oh, okay. It is fuck. It is great, Joe. It is so good, man. But yeah, Image—they're just God. They're just knocking it out of the park. They've got so many good books. Sweet. So many. <laughs> There's a lot of good books out in general right now from everybody. There, there really is. It's hard. It man. is. I go into the comic shop and I'm like, I have to restrain myself. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, I want to, yeah, I want to know it all. <laughs> But did you remember how good that DC Rebirth trade was? Just the DC Rebirth oh, book? Oh, it was insane. Man, Jeff Johns killed it with dude, that, dude. made me dude. tear he, up at the end. That's pretty powerful for a comic book, you know? Yes, a lot of people did. You know, and that and, and are you referring to the point where uh, Barry pulls Wally out of the... Yeah. Speed yeah, force? Yeah, he hugs him and says, yep. how could I ever forget you? And I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was food. It was phenomenal. It was really cool. 
And Jeff Johns is going back to writing comics again. Nice. Which kind of worries me, because it's like, he's supposed to be the head of the DCEU, and it's like, if he's going to start putting a bunch of energy and shit into writing comics, I mean, I, I get, he can do the two things at once, I'm sure, but you know what I mean? It's just a little, it's just a little mm-hmm. uh, worrying to me. Yeah. <laughs> the whole DCEU is worrying to me. Yeah. It's scaring the shit out of me. It's like they're not learning anything, dude. You had Suicide Squad fail spectacularly on the critic end. They made good money from it. And a lot of people don't realize this. The Suicide Squad was essentially the same thing as Guardians of the Galaxy. They used a bunch of C-list characters, except for Joker. Yeah. And it made, I think it made more money in Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm pretty sure it did. And a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, by that vector, I don't know if the studio is really considering it a failure. I know, but it it is. It's, I'll still watch that movie. I watch it. I've watched it probably, I don't know, 10, 15 times. <laughs> Especially the extended cut. I have the I have the but, extended cut. I've only watched it once so far though. How would you think of the extended cut? Um, I think that's the only version of it. I've actually only watched the movie once. But um okay, then you should watch it again then. The extended cut is a better version of the movie. It has more uh not much more. It's got a couple more Joker and Harley scenes in it than the original one had. And then it also answers a few questions that you had about the movie in general. But, dude, the movie was just edited so poorly. I mean, it's just all over the place. It skips over tons of shit. Uh, the villain was awful. Uh, it just... <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's sad, dude. It's so sad. Well, and then with that recent thing that David Ayer just came out and said, you're like, you know what, folks? Yeah. Probably should have made the Joker the yeah. villain. And it's like, okay. Yep. Thanks, man. And it... <laughs> Yes, and admitted all of his, you know, shortcomings and everything. and But it's like they're not learning anything because they are doing a sequel to it. Gotham City Sirens is going to be the sequel to Suicide Squad. And it's like, can you hear my dog? Yeah. <laughs> he He's whining because I'm not paying attention to him. Diesel, quiet down. He did the same thing on the Supercast episode. That's funny. But uh, it is. But, um... It's like they're not learning anything. It's like, dude, okay, DC, get your fucking solo movies out. Come on, build a fucking foundation. You can't just... (laughs) Diesel, chill out, man. It's like, dude, you cannot just jump right into that shit. You know, you're not going to catch up with Marvel right away. You know, Marvel's been doing this thing, you know, like Joe said on on the Supercast. You know, they played the long game. They've been doing this thing for almost 10 years now. Mm -hmm. You know, they built this thing with solo characters. I mean, before you had Avengers... You had Iron Man, you had Iron Man 2, you had Captain America, you had Thor, you even had an Incredible Hulk movie that came out before Iron Man even, and they kept that same character and everything. So it's like, dude, they had all of these before any of this happened, and that's why Avengers was so good, because you got to meet them all individually, you got to learn about them, you know, you actually cared about these characters, and then, so when you saw them on the screen at the same time, it, it was just, it was magic, dude. It was magical. It was amazing. I'll never forget, dude. I was sitting in that theater, and when they finally all came together in the end there, and they did that scene where they panned around them, they were kind of in that circle formation. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, God, that was so awesome. It had a good score in it, too. I am, dude, and this is going to be dirty. I'm about to say, but, dude, I was sitting there. I was just jizzing in my pants, dude. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> I was like, this is incredible. I went and saw that movie, I don't know, six times. 
in like two weeks. The score was good too. <laughs> My dog, man. <laughs> but yeah, the score was good too. Well, in the the other thing with these MCU movies is they've got like what like thirteen or fourteen of them out, and so that's that's More. over a dozen movies where you know, and you can read any blog post about how MCU has a formula. Well, they've done really well with over a dozen movies, and they've essentially trained the audience on what to expect out of a movie. And with the DCEU so drastically going in a different direction, you know, it was almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. You- yeah, but at the same time... Oh, man. He, is, he just will not be quiet. <laughs> it's no sweat, man. <laughs> but... But at the at the same time, <laughs> it just adds color. <laughs> he's the, he's the third host of this show. <laughs> Diesel, you got to quiet down. Buddy. Well, he just thinks DC should be doing a better job too. Oh, I know he's throwing it in his two cents. He does talk. He talks a lot. <laughs> he talks all the time. But what I was going to say is, yeah, Marvel's got this formula going, but at the same time, they, they need to break it because people are kind of getting a little... Well, you, you saw it, dude. They were getting tired of origin stories. And, you know, if you're just... If you keep doing the same thing over and over, it is going to get old. And so they do got to change it up. Now, they just started filming on Infinity War. I think that's exactly what Infinity War is going to do. I think it's going to change it all up. People are going to die. And I'm not sure who's going to die, but people are going to die. Yeah, you'd think they'd have to have some sort of consequences on such a big event like that. They, you'd ha- you have to. I mean, there's just there's just no other way. But uh, sorry for that noise. I think that was my computer. Oh, it's no sweat. But uh, yeah, they. I'm just thinking, dude. Who do you think's going to die, man? It's got to be one of the. It's got to be. You've got to kill at least Captain America or Iron Man. You've got to kill one of them to give. To give that huge, like you said, consequence. You know what I mean? So who do you think it's going to be? Well, you know, it makes sense if they did it cap because they'd have the precedent of that, you know, it happened in the comic and, you know, being the Civil War comic and they didn't go that direction at the end of the movie. And I think a lot of people expected it to go that direction at the end of the movie. So, you know, could be that guy. Um, yeah. I have no idea though, really, you know. <laughs> And this is gonna sound fucked up, but I wish I wish uh, this, this is gonna sound fucked up, man. I wish Rhodey War Machine. I wish he would have died in Civil War instead of just got paralyzed. It just didn't seem like that was enough consequence. You know what I mean? They, we haven't seen any of these characters die at all, except for Quicksilver, and that didn't really matter because you didn't really know. Yeah, him. yeah, you didn't have much time, and then half of the time that you were getting to know him, you were getting to know him as a bad guy. Yes, and then exactly. he's like, "What? Fifteen minutes into being a good guy, if that?" And then, boom, <laughs> he, he just gets yeah. And I thought the way he died was kind of stupid too. I'm like, "What? You're just going to shoot him with a bunch of bullets? Come yeah, on!" Well, a guy that can move he's so fast that bullets that. will stand still. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, he sacrificed himself for Hawkeye. Well, that's bullshit because you you're telling me. That he couldn't have just ran right past him. It's like he just grabbed him and threw him out of the way. He could have just went through and picked him up and ran. You know what I mean? Him and the kid. It just it, it just didn't make sense. Well, how many times have we seen speedsters run around and grab all the bullets out of the air? I mean, fuck, in, in the uh, Flash TV show, we saw Zoom stand still and catch a whole room full of cops' bullets. 
not only that, but fuck, we've actually seen Quicksilver himself in the X-Men movies do it in uh, Days of Future Past. Yeah. He moved those bolts around and yeah. did all that shit. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, we'll have to wait don't and see. Know. <laughs> I don't know, but we are living in the golden age of this shit, dude. We are getting some amazing stuff, I'll say that much. 2016 was a pretty big failure. Civil War was really the only great thing we got. Deadpool. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> I totally forgot about Deadpool, man. Can you imagine how much money Deadpool made Fox? Oh, my God. Because that movie had, what, like a $50 million budget, I think? Yeah, I know it com- the budget compared to if the box that, office was huge. They almost made a billion dollars, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's just say for, for shits, so let's just say it was a $75 million budget. We'll, we'll, we'll say 100 even if it, and it wasn't, I'm telling you, I think it was like 45 or 50, if that even. But let's just say it was 100, even if it was a $100 million budget, they still made, okay, let's say $100 million for the budget, another $100 million for marketing. And that's that's way overestimating it. But even if it was that, I think they made about $800 million. That's, that's over $600 million in profit. That's crazy. Plus all the fucking uh, merchandise and shit. You know how many people went out and started buying Deadpool merchandise? You know what that movie did for the Deadpool character? Oh, huge. And he was really big before that, you know, but mostly just with comic fans. But now now that... Yeah, he wasn't that big. Yeah, now that just the average civilian is like, Deadpool, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> people have never read a comic in their life fucking love Deadpool. And so, yeah, that is a great thing, man. Yeah, we're just living in a good time, dude. Fuck this year alone, we're getting... And this should be, uh, you know, I would say this is going to be the biggest year yet, but that's what I said last year. So, <laughs> it's like I'm hoping, because God, what, what are we getting this year? We're getting Thor Ragnarok, we're getting Spider-Man, we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Wonder Woman. We're getting Justice League, we're getting Wonder Woman. That's a lot of movies. We're getting, uh, oh, f- which one, isn't Fox doing one this year too? I have no idea. You know what, I don't think they are. Because there's no X-Men movie this year, and there's no Deadpool movie, so yeah, I don't think they are. Oh, wait, Logan. But fuck... Oh, that's right. God damn it. Holy shit, how did <laughs> we miss that? forget about that. That's, that's <laughs> and the that one's first coming out one pretty coming soon, up, yeah. man. Yeah, that, dude, that movie is just over a month away, Joe. Yeah, the trailers look fucking Today, dope. I know, well, technically... It, no, it's not even a month away, because February's only got 28 days in it. So today it's February 2nd, and it comes out March 3rd. So we're about a month or less than a month away. That's crazy. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) And dude, I'm just praying to God, if there is one, (laughs) that we get a Deadpool Wolverine crossover. That would be the shit. Oh, God, I want it so bad. So fucking bad. And it's crazy because I'm such a DC fan. But honestly, I kind of want that more than anything almost. Because, <laughs> dude, just the fight scenes that they could do with them too. With them both having regenerating abilities. Oh, would oh, be man. crazy. Oh, God, it'd be so fun to watch. And, and you know, Wolverine's, you know, dark, grumpy attitude bouncing off of Deadpool's funny, you know, charismatic you know, comedy. Oh, God. It'd be so good. And the Deadpool writers, uh, the guys that wrote Deadpool 1 and 2 did come out and say it's totally possible. 
you know, we can do it. The only thing they're waiting on is Hugh Jackman to do it. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to do it or not, but yeah, it'd be sweet if he did. It'd be, that may be the biggest fucking gift to comic fans ever at this point. Cause God, people have been asking for that for a long time, but, but back to comics. What, what are your favorite DC rebirth titles going on right now? My favorite book so far has been Deathstroke. Tell you the truth. Oh, really? What a fucking dope story, man. Yeah. I, I. However, I'll admit, dude. I. I sometimes get a little bit lost in it, man. Like, not quite sure, like what's going on with his son and daughter and everything. Like, okay, tell me, like, what's up with his son and the icon suit and everything? Okay. Um, the Rebirth Deathstroke books are the first ones I've picked up, and so I've just been doing like internet searches you know research like that when i come to shit that i'm like what the hell's going on here and so right. i don't know if it's specifically it had to have specifically said in the book somewhere but yeah yeah okay so his son joey can like make eye contact with somebody and basically like take over their mind right okay and he used that power to steal the icon suit because he knew that he was going to have to go up against his dad and he knew that the icon suit would be the only thing that would be able to stop him, is what I took away from it. And so Slade doesn't have his regenerative abilities anymore, right? Oh, no, he totally does. That's how he's missing an eye. Because I think it was in issue number three, maybe? It was It was the issue that introduced uh, Ravager. Some people came to his house to take him out, and he wasn't there. So they kidnapped his youngest son, Joey. And they left a note on the wall that said, uh, call me, call me Deathstroke. And so Slade's wife comes home, sees that note on the wall, along with a picture of their son, Joey, with a knife being held to his throat. So this is all being told just in flashes in the book, like in flashbacks. Right. And then there's another flashback where he's in his house, he's in the suit, he's got the mask off, Joey's laying on the floor bleeding out and his throat's cut. And his wife, I can't think of what her name was off the top of my head, Adeline. Adeline's yelling at him saying it's his fault and you know he's doing the typical deathstroke thing. He's being a total dick to her. And he's basically just All saying, right. shut up, get out of my way. And she's saying, this is your fault. You weren't here. They came here to kill you. And you were off saving the daughter of your, you know, your whore or whatever, you know, because basically Ravager he had was the result of an affair that he had been having. Right. And so then Adeline, when he's, so Slade's bent down trying to deal with Joey, trying to get the blood stopped. And Adeline puts a gun to the back of his head and blows his fucking head, brains out. The bullet comes right out his eye. And so I assume that he healed from that because of his healing factor. I mean, can you take a bullet to the back of the head that's going to come out through your eyeball and live from it if you don't have a healing but factor? What, <laughs> but if he did, wouldn't he get his eye back, though? I don't think so, because, I mean, I don't know. My background of the character is just with Arrow. <laughs> and they said the same thing in Arrow. Because remember, Slade comes back and he's like, he says, tells Ollie that, um, uh, what would that have been in the second season of Arrow? He, when he comes back, he tells Ollie that he was able to completely regenerate because of the Mirakuru. He was able to completely right. regenerate except for his eye. And so, you know, I just... Uh, I'm going to have to watch that Oh, dude, those again. first two seasons of Arrow are the shit. 
Oh, yeah. I really want to watch that second season again. It was really good. Really bad. But I will tell you that. So, okay, so Rebirth. See, and this is the problem me reading. So many dudes, like, fucking forget so much. And so, because at the end of New 52. So, you didn't read any Deathstroke in New 52? Not yet. It's on my agenda to pick up the trades. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Okay, it's pretty good. Um, Towards the end, it's the God Slayer run where he uh, goes up against this literal god. And there was a point when I, I I wasn't reading before then, but when I came on, he had both of his eyes. He he got his he got his eye back somehow, and so he was doing great and shit. And he, he does something for the god and like kills something and whatnot, and and then the god said, "Well, now I've got to kill you because you know you've got to give up a flesh sacrifice." But instead of letting him kill him, he just gave him his eye back, if that makes any sense. He just tore his eye out and said, all right, here, here's your blood sacrifice oh, or whatever. Oh, that's crazy. And gave it back to him. Um, or gave it to him, and then he let God, him go. a fucking badass. So, Who tears their own eyeball out I know, and hands man. somebody? I know, it's fucking it's fucking sick. death stroke, that's it, who. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. That's why he's like one of my favorite characters ever. I can't say he's actually, he's my absolute favorite, but he's definitely in my top three. It's intriguing um, to read a villain story to pick, too. It really no, it really is, and just how fucking cold oh he is. Oh my god! Yeah, do do you remember that issue where um where Ravager is kind of working with Wintergreen, and Wintergreen's trying to explain to her how to deal with Slade, and he's saying, you know, you got to remember, your father is a supervillain. And he's not programmed to tell you I love you. If he's concerned, he's going to tell you you're being an idiot. Right. I love it, man. There's just been so many cool things. That, okay, so that first run was called The Professional. Dude, there were so many freaking crazy things that happened in that. I mean, it introduced Ravager. It introduced uh, his son with the icon suit. It introduced um, the Red Lion, which was a character I'd never heard of before. It had freaking Batman, Damian Wayne, shit. And then after that storyline, did it just go right to where he was dealing with Superman? I, I got to go no, through and read him again. there was something else in there. But I mean... He didn't deal with Superman for very long, though. That was a sick fight, though. That was. That was one of the best fights I've seen in a long time. I don't know. If, if anybody's on the fence about reading these, the trade's coming out in mid-March. And pick it up. It's awesome. It's it's got some good shit in the it. First yeah, the trade. first trade, and it doesn't have the it won't have the full professional storyline, but it'll have the first part of it. So you'll have to pick up volume two to see how it finishes out. But I don't, I I'm loved to, it. I may have to pick that up. But then uh, the other ones I've really been enjoying are, um, and and you know I've read online that a lot of other people didn't like this one, but I enjoyed the hell out of Titans. That first run, the Return of Wally West, that was awesome. Yeah, a lot of people said it was boring, yeah, but I was entertained. I'm... It, it was okay. You know what I didn't like about it? I didn't like the magician guy. Yeah, I, I thought he was a little over the top at first, but the books had that emotional punch that that the DC Universe they Rebirth did. book had. Like it made me tear up. It, no, they did. But what I didn't like about it is how it was. Uh, and I, I still don't think this is true at this point. But they were saying that, you know, what's that guy? Is his name the magician? Abracadabra. Okay. Okay. Try not. Try not to they sing were saying that, song. that it was. Yeah, <laughs> <It was, laughs> they're saying it was because of him that Wally West had been out of the timeline and everything. I think that was Abracadabra's that, ego, though. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was. And didn't they reveal that at the end? Say that it really wasn't yes. him, and that she because Raven looked inside his mind or something. Yeah, and she was able to only pick out the word Manhattan. 
which yes. was a bit of a, okay, a bit so, of a, a drop, oh, you know, man. because DC is just leaving us these breadcrumbs. You know, at, at the end of the rebirth, the first rebirth book, they show us the the smiley face button. Yep. And then they give us that little hint with Manhattan. And um, there was even a Rorschach hint. Somewhere. Oh, I haven't. Maybe that wasn't in one of the books I was reading, or that, or I just missed. Yeah, it. I can't remember which one. I just can't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can't. There was something about. I'm it. only reading like ten titles, and I, yeah, I forget bits and pieces of them too. And the only reason I remember Deathstroke so well is because. Once I got up to the, the the culmination, I sat down with the whole pile and read them all over again, back to back. And so then it more see that's what you yeah, got to do. And then it cemented the storyline in my head a lot better. That's the only fucking way to truly experience a story: is to either read the trade or sit down with all your single issues and read them all in a row. Because if you're just reading tons of titles every month, there's no way you're going to remember the story, the whole thing. There's just no way, especially doing it the way I'm doing it. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't imagine how much space it would be taking up if you were buying physical books. Oh man, and I still have tons of physical books too. Tons. I've got I've got probably a whole dresser full of them. If not more than that. But I did pick up uh, I went to uh I don't know if you listen to Segrank Superfans that much, oh, yeah. but and I don't even know if we're still doing that or not, dude. I I really don't. Brian told me one day he's like, man, we're supposed to, we're going to record next week or the week after. And that was like a month ago. <laughs> so I don't know. But, uh, during the, one of the last few episodes of that, I went to, uh, that was during the time that I went to the, uh, Air Capital Comic Con here in Wichita. And Ryan Stegman was there. And he, which he was the artist, um, Oh, God, I can't remember what he's doing right now. That, yeah, he's doing Uncanny Avengers right now. He's an artist off and on on that. But he did the uh, Superior Spider-Man run. And a lot of people love that run. It, it's a great fucking run. Um, fantastic, dude. It's Part of that run was when Doc uh, Dr. Octopus, Doc Ock, took over uh, Spider-Man's body and became Spider-Man. It, it, the art was fantastic. The Superior Spider-Man, the way he looked in there, his suit, oh, God, it was so good. But when I went there, Ryan Stegman was there, and I had a bunch... The only books I had were uh, Uncanny Avenger books that he had done. Dude, he signed... I had like 10 of them, I think. He signed them all for free. He signed them all for free. That's nice. And he gave me a small little sketch for free. And then he signed my... Um, I bought some prints from him. They were like three or four bucks. He signed those for free. And then I paid him $30, I think, for a for a 10-minute sketch of Superior Spider-Man. And then he signed that. So that was really cool. I got all that shit for like 30 That's bucks. That's awesome. It, when I talked to him the whole time, and it was, it was funny because he's like, who do you want me to draw? You know, Wolverine or or who? And I was like, Superior Spider-Man. He's like, never heard of the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, really? <laughs> he started cracking up. But yeah, he, he was really cool. It was really it was really cool meeting him. It kind of sucked because he was like, really honestly, the biggest name that was there. They had some image people there. They had a couple DC artists there. Um Oh man, I can't remember who, but one of them was doing uh, did part of the swamp the uh, swamp thing run. One of the most recent ones. I've but, never read any swamp thing books. I've I, heard that it's pretty cool though. It is. They did a uh, a six issue mini series of him. Right now, he uh, he's currently showing up in the Constantine book. He's uh, the Hellblazer. That's cool. Which uh, it's Hellblazer's okay. The new 52 Constantine was fucking good. 
but it, it was more towards the end of the new 52 too. It started, I think it only got like 12 issues in before it rebirth happened, but it was very good. But the one right now, I'm not too, I'm not too hot on it, man. Honestly, sometimes I just skip it. I don't even read it some weeks. I just delete it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I do, I do that sometimes, dude. Not very often, but sometimes I'll, I will do that. I'll just be like, eh, I don't feel like reading this one this week later. <laughs> but, uh, he he's showing up in that, but they did a six issue mini series not too long ago. It was during the fifty two run, right before they did rebirth, and it was really good. It was really good. Very interesting things about Swamp Thing that you learned. He's a fucking badass man. Yeah, that was the way. Um, oh fuck! I think it was a. It was I don't know one of one of Kevin Smith's million podcasts. <laughs> but uh, he I, he told some story about a a. Uh, Batman like takes her the woman that Swamp Thing is in love with ends up getting taken to Gotham City or something like that and uh, Gotham City just Gotham right <laughs> I don't know it's getting late <laughs> either way <laughs> but anyway like he, he shows up in Gotham and tells Batman you know give her back or you know I'm gonna have the f- you know I'm gonna make all the plants rise up and take over the city or something like that and I'm doing right. a horrific job selling the storyline, but the way that they talked about it on that podcast, I was like, that sounds fucking badass. Dude, he is badass. He's got total control over, you know, they call it the green, but he's got total control over, you know, swamps, plants, trees, all that shit. And he can like, it's hard to explain. He can like, like his body, he can like make his body like decompose into the ground and then grow out through trees. And Oh, that's cool. So he could like decompose. Yeah, he could, like, decompose into some mud and shit and then, like, regrow himself on the other side of the world through, like, a plant or something. It's fucking god. It's really cool. On a smaller on a smaller think, scale, can't... Oh, they don't sorry, use dude. them enough. <laughs> no, I, I was just saying, they don't use them enough. Um, I was going to say, on a smaller scale, can't Clayface do that, too? Can't he just kind of, like... Like, if he's out in the rain, can't he just let himself, like, kind of dissolve into the ground and then he can pop up somewhere else? Yeah, but he's got to regather oh, himself. Okay. That's the thing. He can melt down, but he's got to regather it all back together. Clayface is really cool. There, uh, Batman's been teaching Clayface some shit too in Detective Comics. Like now, Clayface can make like uh, he can shapeshift into. Well, he's always been able to shapeshift, but he can shapeshift into like twenty people now. Oh shit! And it's but but he can't hold it for very long. But he can do even more than that, I think. But in Detective Comics now, they have this thing called the Clay Room, where they've taken uh, parts of Clayface. At first, they were actually using him to do it, but they found out a way to synthesize this clay, I think. And so it's kind of like the Danger Room in X-Men, where they can construct anything they want, any bad guy, anything, just using Clayface's, you know, clay. Oh, so it's like a, tra- it can shape- it's like a training chamber, then. Into whatever. Exactly, yeah. It's really fucking awesome. That is a really cool concept. And they've also used it to, as like delusions and shit. Um, Not delusions, but as, uh, oh, what's like mirages. They've faked people out that way. Um, It's just, yeah, they've done a lot of cool things with him. And dude, he's so cool because, you know, he's Basil Carlo. And he was, you know, an actor before he became Clayface. And he became Clayface, came ugly and shit. And he's like, like in the beginning, he kept running away just to go to the movie theater to watch his old movie. 
And like he just wanted he just wanted to be himself again back in the day and like dude you start to feel bad for him, man. Dude, it's, yeah, Detective Comics is so good. And Batwoman's about to have her own solo series. And it's looking pretty cool because she's got a really interesting background story, and they go through all of that in Detective Comics, so. There's a lot of cool things. Orphan, she's fucking badass. Yeah, you, you gotta read Detective Comics. It is great. And then fucking Superman and Action Comics, they're both really good. I picked up a couple copies of Superman when when they had the, uh, the uh, In the Name of the Father two-part series. Yeah, it started off and, very uh, strong. They That book sold me just on the cover, where it had Batman and Superman kind of eye-to-eye, and then you pan down a little bit, and it's John and Damien eye-to-eye also. Yes. And like, I took one look at that cover just in the ads, and I was like, oh, I'm buying that next month when it comes out. I'm like, I'm judging a book on its cover, and it, I want it. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I can't wait for the Super Sons book. And that's been really successful for me so far. I've done that with a handful of books that I did not plan on reading. And then I looked at the cover and I went, that is fucking dope. And then I picked it up like um, uh, Teen Titans. That Teen Titans one that came out where it had Damien on the cover. And then he's holding all the batarangs up in his in his fist. Yes. And in each batarang, you can see a reflection of a different member of the, yep. t- of the Titans. I want that on a fucking poster. That was awesome. Dude, that book has been that's, very good. Yeah, that's in my top three for for my favorite that, Rebirth yes, books. that and book it's is good. painful that I have to wait a month between issues. <laughs> like, why can't that yeah, one be it, twice a month? <laughs> I know. I love the story of him gathering them all up and how he was such a dick in the beginning. Oh, I love but, his character. But He's now such a cocky little prick. <laughs> yes. But now, and dude, just the way he was raised and yeah. everything. So, are you excited for the new Batman game? They're coming out with a new Batman game, and Damian Wayne's going to be the star of it. Uh, what's the What's the platform? It's going to be uh, Xbox and PS4 and all wow. that. I yeah, I I just I don't. I ran out of time to play video games like years ago, and then right. now all those systems are so expensive that I've never jumped back in. So it's like the 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 yeah. newest PlayStation I have is the one my my PS2 that I bought in college. <laughs> From Damn. like 2001 well, I think right or now something. you can get, I think you can get, I'm an Xbox yeah. guy, but I think you can get an Xbox One now for 250 Wow. Yeah. I think. But I mean, it's just one of those, like, I barely have the time to watch all the TV shows and movies that I want to watch. And then like the, the I thought of having mean. enough free time to like just sit and play a game, like, uh, that's a luxury that I can only dream about. Dude, you would love the Arkham games, I've, though. I've heard a lot about them on different podcasts, oh, and they sound fucking dope. They're so good, all three of them. They're and, great. And uh, what are the other ones? Like, Are they called Telltale games, where it's almost like a choose-your-own-adventure? Like, Yeah, I'm not a big fan of those. I'm so big on plots. I'd rather... It sounds cool to me, but... No, the stories are really cool. It's just... It, look, dude, if I'm going to sit down with the controller in my hand, I want to play a fucking game. <laughs> I don't want to sit there... And just watch this story, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, hit A. Okay, <laughs> A. And then he fucking kicks the dude through this, you know, desk or something. Okay, hit up and B. Okay, up and B. You know, and then he does something else. It's like, dude, this is stupid. I'd rather just sit here and watch the fucking yeah. thing. Oh, you know I what I mean? understand that gripe. And so that's why I don't like those. I did, but uh, I did get the first two Batman ones of the Telltale series, and it, it is, it's good. It's got a very interesting story. It's very, dude, it hints at, like, uh, his parents being involved with the, uh, oh my god, what's his fucking name? He was in uh, The Dark Knight and everything. Um, 
the mobster guy. He's always part of Batman's continuity. Falcone? Yes. They hint at uh, his parents being involved with Falcone before oh. they died. Yeah, that's kind of dark. And oh man, it's it's very dark, dude. It's it's good. It's really good. There there is one cool thing about it is you have decisions to make in the game, and what decision you make, you'll have different outcomes because of it. And so that is really cool. But other than that, I'm just I'm not a fan of them. <laughs> not a fan of them. They are coming out with the Guardian, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game though. Here, not they're doing the Telltale one, but they're also coming out with the. Because, you know, you heard that they had that new deal. Square Enix made a deal with Marvel. And so they're going to start making games now. Well, they, they're going to do the Avengers game first, and then they're going to do the Guardians of the Galaxy game. So that's pretty cool. But what were you saying? Uh, I was going to ask if you'd been reading... Well, yeah, you're reading all of them. But what do you think of the, the Flash books? They're off and on for me. Um the beginning was real interesting, pretty good. Then it kind of first storyline with Godspeed downhill. was pretty dope. It was. I liked Godspeed. Um, right now, though, I'm really liking what they're starting to do now. Have you read the last yeah, two I'm issues? Yeah, on it. Okay, with the robes yeah, and everything. Awesome. Yes, I'm getting very interested um, with this. Did you notice that one issue where it was the issue where the two Wally Wests met each other? I don't remember. I remember it happening, but I don't really remember the issue. If that the makes artwork sense. in that was fucking atrocious. Oh, really? Yeah, to go back through your issues and look at that one. It's rough. It's weird. It's like scribble sketches. <laughs> I'll have to check. And some people like that shit. Uh, I don't. Oh yeah, I, hate I offended that shit. somebody on Facebook with that. Uh, there was a there was a discussion on that on one of the DC <laughs> groups that I'm part of. And like I gave that verbatim opinion, I was like, "Man, the art in that was atrocious." And some dude responded right away, "He's like, you're atrocious." <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but I like my art clean cut lines I, and everything. Oh, you know totally, I mean? man. Like, um, you look at the artwork that um that Jim it would have been Jim Lee, right? Did in Hush. Oh yeah, God, that is my classic favorite comic book art right there. Yes. I remember when I was reading yep. that trade, the last time I was reading it, I like showed one of the pictures to my wife and she's like, wow, why is Catwoman's boobs so big? I'm like, why not? <laughs> exactly. Because Jim Lee knows his target audience. <laughs> how do you feel about, that reminds me, how do you feel about the Catwoman story in the Batman books right now? Uh, I dropped off after I Am Suicide. That was one of my, that was one of okay. my money saving techniques was, all right, I don't like what you're doing, Tom King. And I'm going to get my Batman fixed from All-Star Batman. Because so far, that's Yeah, good. Yeah, it's pretty good. But it was funny, the last... Uh, I don't think it's the last issue, but it may have been the one before. But you got to see uh, Batman and Catwoman fuck each other. <laughs> On top of a How rooftop. <laughs> it was very interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really interesting. And then uh, she does some shit, dude, to like save him. It's really weird, man. She totally goes against her character. But it was it was pretty. That was actually a pretty decent storyline. I I paid attention to it. <laughs> I wonder if that's why they called that storyline rooftops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it did like primarily take place on a rooftop. The whole thing. Um, okay, speaking of uh, superheroes getting some action, did you notice in this last episode of uh, the Flash on 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 the CW? when Barry's 
having those nightmares and Iris is talking to him about it. Yes. And she says, you know, you've woke up the last three nights and Barry says something along the lines of, that isn't the only thing that's happened these last few nights. Yes, that was, uh, you, <laughs> did you listen to the most current episode of the Supercast? Yeah, yeah. Did you listen to all the uh, way Yeah, I was at work too, so I mean, I probably missed parts of it. Okay, well, <laughs> when I started the Flash conversation, we were talking about those shows. I played that clip in the very Maybe beginning. Maybe that's why it's so fresh in my mind. Yeah, because I listened to you guys' episode yesterday. And so, yeah, it's probably been rattling around in my head. Yeah, it started. Yeah, the episode started off that way where he has Savitar stabs her and then he wakes up. And yeah, I was like, I'm putting that in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had this great thought today that I haven't heard this brought up anywhere else, but I think this deserves discussion. Is that if things don't work out between Barry and Iris, how's the next dude? that iris is going to be with going to match up at all because barry allen can vibrate any part of his body he can't that's all there is to it he can't <laughs> she's just gonna sound fucked up she's, she's gonna have to go to her brother if she wants anything so that's so wrong it's so wrong but it's true dude i mean unless she gets with eobard thawne somehow but if you've been watching legends you know that may not happen <laughs> Did you watch the most recent episode? I enjoyed of it. I mean, I thought it, it, it with Black it was, Flash. There was Black Flash in the most episode in the most recent episode of Legends. Okay, this is uh, Wednesday. Well, technically it's Thursday, but Wednesday night. You watched the one from last night, right? Tuesday night. Oh, okay. No, no. Um, the last couple nights I was sick, and so I fell asleep at like seven thirty, like I was a retiree. <laughs> okay, then <laughs> that's funny as hell. Okay, then I maybe spoiled it for uh, you. But I'm not yeah, spoiling you, a pussy, man. No matter what I hear about these shows, I'm going to watch them and I'm going to enjoy them. So no, no sweat. Oh, I, I do. T- I, same here. But yeah, you, you will. You'll get to see him. Because, you know, we all knew that, you know, Hunter Zalm and Zoom, you know, that's what he turned into at the end of season yeah. two. Yeah, previously, my only exposure to the Black Flash would have been in uh, the Flash Rebirth book from like 2008. The one where they actually brought Barry Allen back, and there's that that scene in it where, um, where he kind of he's starting to turn into the Black Flash, and so he's he's like, "Fuck this, I'm getting away," you know. I'm I don't want yeah. to touch anybody, any of this, my speedster people in the Flash family that I love, you know. And so you know he goes to take off. Oh man, there's that awesome scene where, uh, uh, or that awesome part where he's running away and Superman is running along beside him and he's saying, you know, I can't let you do this. And flash is like, you know, you can't stop me. I'm doing this. I'm getting out of here. And Superman says something to the effect of, come on, I've beat you in some races before. And Barry looks at him and says, those were for charity. And then just boom, disappears in a sonic boom. Oh, wow. (laughs) In fact, well, effectively answers the question of who'd win in a race between those two. It's not even up for debate. And when people give me that debate too, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, the Flash can run so fast that he can travel through time. I'm like, yes, he's going to beat Superman in a race. I don't care if Superman's flying. I don't care if he's running. The Flash is going to be faster. You put him in an arm wrestling exactly. contest, Superman will win. A race, Flash is going to win. It's like it's like when they you know they keep doing that in the CW too, with the Flash racing against Kara. And it's like they keep doing it as a tie. And it's like, it pisses me off because it's like, dude, give Flash the win because, okay... If she is faster than him, what does he have? Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, dude. That's his thing. Why are you going to take that away from him? 
You know what I mean? It's like, come on, don't do that. That's fucked up. And of course he's faster than them. Have you ever, have you ever seen Supergirl or Superman travel in time? No. <laughs> so fuck well, off. Kinda, you kind of got to see that recently when you watched Superman the movie, but I don't think that's canon. Oh man, that was, that was so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so non-science. Like, <laughs> dude, if he did that, the earth would be gone. <laughs> if he literally got it to spin the other way on its axis, it'd be fucking destroyed. <laughs> it would have went out of its orbit or something, well, dude. Just think of the massive tsunamis that would have washed over because, oh, I mean, anybody God. knows that, you know, if you've been running somewhere or, okay, perfect. If you've got a dog, you fill up their water bowl at the sink, and you're walking over to go set it down. You stub your toe on a dinner chair or a dining room chair or something like that. That water's going to slop all over the floor. Now, now picture that right. on a global scale. <laughs> 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 hey, you wiped out all those seaboard cities, Clark. But hey, you saved Lois Lane. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I didn't quite understand the. I gotta talk to Joe about this too on the show tomorrow night, but I didn't quite understand it either because it's like, was he going against what his father was telling him? I mean, his father was telling him, you know, you don't interfere with human history. Well, that's exactly what he just did. You know, I thought of that too when when you guys were talking or when that was mentioned yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought of that and I was like, hey, he totally meddles. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's what Joe was talking about. Like it was like. Uh, you know, like he was taking it as inspiration, and that's when he decided to do it. But I'm like, well, he actually went totally against what Jorel was saying yeah. to him. Because at that point, that was human history. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was still fun to watch, though. I did start Superman 2. Getting, uh, I'm not halfway through it yet, but I'm a little way through it. But I am, I'm liking it so far. I think, honestly, I think I'm going to like it better than the first one. Yeah, I liked the second one better than the first one. Those were, um, I remember those were du- uh, dubbed onto a VHS tape off of HBO. And I, those were go-to movies for me when I was a kid. And, um, you know, with the exception of Superman the movie, I watched that one not too long ago. But I haven't watched the second one in years and years. But, man, there's just iconic parts of that that will never leave my brain. Yeah, they're, uh, they're on Netflix. Sweet. I'm going to have to watch that one again. And re- and re- that reminds me, you know, before we stop this podcast, whenever we are, we've got to talk about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Speaking of that, I got just a little bit further in that uh, that five part Green Ranger, um, those episodes. <laughs> it's man, it's 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 hard to watch. Dude, sometimes you got to power your way through it. But dude, but dude, there. There's some interesting good things the, in the, it. The, the hardest parts of the episodes, the ones where I'm like, okay, you could have done without those idiots, are the two bully characters. Oh, God, I hate <laughs> it's them. It's so rough. It's like everybody else, and I, I don't want to say any part of it, like original 93 Power Rangers is like serious, but it's like those two fucking idiots <laughs> just ham it up so much, and then they like put like stupid music in the background with it too and it's like it's like like you guys gave me the two dumbest looking characters they're acting ridiculous and i got this like weird ass like i I don't even know what kind of music they're playing in the background but it's basically music that says don't take this seriously (laughs) yeah the uh it's just so (laughs) stupid shit well you know what's funny 
is when when that crossover comic came out and you texted me and you were i could tell by your text you were stoked that the justice league oh, man. and power rangers were crossing over and you texted me that and you're like are you reading this and i'm like looking at this text and i'm like how do i respond back with power rangers or stupid when i know jordan loves the power rangers and i don't want to offend him <laughs> <laughs> because seriously man i was just old enough to miss the boat on power rangers <laughs> so when Power Rangers came out, I was 13. And I remember one of my best friends at the time, he watched Power Rangers. And so we'd get done with school. I'd go over to Josh's house. I'd be like, what the fuck are you watching this cheesy ass shit for? Shut this off. I'm not watching this with you. And uh, <laughs> But then, you know, fast forward now, 2017. You're talking it up. I respect your opinion. I listen to the Ninja Starcat or Ninja Starship podcast a lot, and those guys love right. Power Rangers. They're talking it up a lot. And so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna pick between both of you guys talking about this crossover comic. I'm like, I'll pick up the first issue. No big deal. Pick it up, and I fucking loved it. <laughs> Dude, but it's all good. the Power Rangers parts in it, I'm like, I have no idea what any of this is. I don't know what's going on. But then when it gets to the Justice League parts, I'm like you know i know these characters really well and so now i'm like all right now i feel like i need to go back and at least get some sort of background a little bit of an appreciation on it and so i'm, <laughs> right. I'm gonna go deep i'm gonna start with the original <laughs> and so i started and i'm like and first off it's very early 90s looking from the haircuts on the characters oh, God, you yeah. just watch stuff it's like watching early episodes of seinfeld you're like what the fuck are these people wearing <laughs> You pretty know? much and uh and then the fucking uh, the juice bar with the karate class inside <laughs> of it <laughs> you know what i bet that that series was a boon to taekwondo and karate dojos back in the early 90s i bet they saw an influx of young kids who saw it because say what you will about those original power ranger shows the karate choreography in it is actually kind of cool i mean these the stuntmen and stuff they knew what Dude. they were doing they're doing their kicks and their spins and all that shit and you know you're not watching it in like, especially if you compare it to the sort of stuff that we're seeing in movies and TV now. It doesn't hold a candle to it. But for 1993, no, that's actually kind of cool. And like, yeah. the, dude, go and, ahead, man. I'm just gonna say, like, yes, you're totally right, dude. It did give an influx of people doing karate and shit because I fucking went and bought <laughs> and enrolled in karate, <laughs> in taekwondo, not taekwondo, but karate. I enrolled in karate, didn't did it for like oh, one nice. year. Because of that show. See, there you go. <laughs> I was so young, though. But, man, it seriously, dude, that was, like, that was the thing, man. I remember, like, I used to go to this place called Latchkey when I was a kid. And one of our instructors was, like, you know, he was, like, in his 20s. And he, he was a fucking uh, karate teacher. He still is to this day. But, yeah, it was funny, dude. It, it was it was a big, it was a huge thing then. But, yeah, that show, dude, that was my jam as a kid. It's, it's hard. It is hard to rewatch it nowadays. But what I have to do is like, okay, as cheesy as it is, and as silly and dumb as it can be, just the concepts of it are so cool. Like, if you can get past, like, the, the cheesiness look of them, the concept, like the Green Ranger, he looks amazing. Uh, Goldar, the monster, he looks fucking cool. I love as the hell. practical effects of it. Get, I really, I really do. I'm yes, so used to exactly. seeing polished CGI and everything looking perfect. That it's kind of neat to see some stuff where it's like, dude, those look like the goofy ass characters in the cantina in Star Wars. 
Yes, you know, exactly, I mean, obviously, man. it's a hell of a lot cheaper looking than that. But it's reminiscent of that to me. And so it, it hits this nostalgia um, for me that, you know, even though I didn't watch it back then, but just the way that it was done, I was like, you know, I kind of miss seeing weird looking shit like that. You know, you can, yeah, you can totally tell, you know, it's a guy in a fucking suit walking around, you know, cardboard buildings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When they do the big monster scenes. <laughs> and I think and that just, they filmed Goldar going through and slashing at buildings once, and they just used that same footage for every episode. Because <laughs> every time I'm watching yeah, it, I'm like, use, this looks like the exact same as the other yes. shit. <laughs> no, it, they use a lot of the shit over and over, like, especially when uh, Rita Repulsus is, uh, you know, uh, magic wand to let my gold art grow and she throws it down and it hits and then he starts to come out of the earth it's the same footage yep, over yep, and that's over that's exactly over. what i was talking about <laughs> and then did you notice when um oh i think it's the first part of the green ranger one like i went back and watched the first episode and then i went straight to just the green ranger arc and the five episode one and uh that part where she comes down to earth and is talking to him from the rooftop. Mm-hmm. Dude, could you tell that was a totally, totally different actress? Completely no, I different. I guess I didn't even notice. Well, they tried really hard because they were shooting her from far away. And she had a lot of shade over her face. But, dude, it is a totally different <laughs> actress. Her mouth doesn't even move. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. Her mouth does not even move. But the thing about it is all the scenes with her... <laughs> just her, her voice She's actually just talking. nails on the chalkboard yeah. it's so yes. weird it, oh it's terrible <laughs> and the reason why is because she you know that was a Japanese show yeah. and they took they re they reshot all the ranger scenes and used American actors there well actually the ranger scenes when they're in the suits and shit fighting the putties and everything I think that's still Japan footage but when they actually look at you know the actual actors and stuff they used American actors and, and redid that but all the Rita scenes and everything, that's the same footage from the Japanese one. And they just dubbed it over with another, uh, you know, English actor's vo- English actress. Oh my voice. gosh. The next time I'm watching that, I'm totally watching her lips while she's talking. <laughs> so that's why, yeah, that's why it's like she'll stop and then like it's still going for a minute. It's oh, awesome. And like it just doesn't, it doesn't, sometimes it lines up good, but not, not all the time. <laughs> dude, I'm just, I am so pumped, dude, that Power Rangers is so popular again today because it just brings all this nostalgia back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm not, it's like, dude, I'm not telling you that, you know, it's the greatest show in the world. No, it's, it's certainly just, not. It, it was my jam as a kid, dude, and it brings so much back to me. And I did, I love the, I love the look of the Power Rangers. I love the concepts and everything. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. It's just, that's just the thing, dude. And so I'm so happy that they're making a new movie. I just hope they don't fuck it up like Transformers well, did. And with the new movie coming out and me having almost no experience with it, it's like, I'm only going to watch a little bit. <laughs> like I'll probably finish the, I'll yeah, finish this little you- five part thing and be, and just kind of leave it there and be like, yeah, I watched a little bit of it. But that's all I'm, you need. Dude. I'm really actually pretty excited that I can go into this movie as you know really not knowing very much at all because then i can go in without right all these expectations but you at least know their origin yeah and everything. yeah and what's going you know and how it'll be you know a little bit different you'll know what what they're talking about when they say alpha five and zordon and all mm-hmm. this shit you know you'll actually know what that stuff is um and then what's really cool is i know i've told you this a million times but dude you've got to read the comic They've got a newer comic out. It's about a year old now. It started. Boom Studios is doing it. 
In fact, I've got the fucking poster on my wall from the comic shop. They were giving out these posters for the, uh, for, you know, promo for it. And it's this huge poster with the, with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers logo. I'm looking at it right now. With the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers logo up in the left-hand corner. And then it's got, it's, it's art from the actual comic book, so I'll have to take a picture of it and send it to you. But it's got the Green Ranger on the front kicking a putty, and it's got the yellow, ra- or a uh, pink Ranger upside down shooting her little air- bow and arrow thing, and it's just fucking cool. But the comic, you know, they wrote this, co- and I've said this before on the Supercast, but they wrote this comic knowing that the people that watch the Power Rangers are probably in their mid-twenties now. And, you know, they're, they're adults now. And so they, they changed it up, dude. They've made, it's, it's, it's more of a mature book. It's got some very good, uh, storylines going on. And it starts with the, the whole Green Ranger storyline. And, and they change it up a little bit, but dude, it is so good. And now that you've watched the actual episodes, you really need to read this comic. And the art is fucking fantastic. The art's done by, uh, Kyle Higgins. Oh my god, it, it is so good, man. I can't praise it enough. And so just like reading that book and then reading the Justice League Power Rangers crossover, it's it's so fucking cool. It's just so cool. I've got that trade on my list. Yeah, I can't wait till you uh till you read it cuz it is it's a good book. It's not the best book in the world, but it's fucking good. <laughs> it's very very good. And it's really cool seeing all of them and and dude, you haven't even met Lord Zed yet. Oh god. Zed's a huge Power Ranger uh, nemesis. He's kind of like Rita's king or whatever. It's hard to explain, but dude, he looks. <laughs> he's like, he looks like you've taken a human being and, and took their skin off, and it's just their muscles, and then their and then their brain, and then he, they put like this silver stuff all over it. I don't know how to explain it. Just just Google a picture of Lord Zed from Power Rangers. Can't wait to see what that looks like as a he, practical he, effect, dude. <laughs> He looks fucking cool as hell. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I think he looks awesome. But yeah, man, when I was a kid, dude, oh god, I had everything. I had fucking on my toothbrush. I had a Power Ranger helmets that went over the toothbrush. <laughs> the, <laughs> you know the the, the uh-huh. brush part. Yeah, it's like a toothbrush protector. Oh god, or I whatever. Had, exactly. I had a yeah. I had a Green Ranger one and a White Ranger one. And then I had, oh man, I had putty dolls. I had all kinds of fucking action figures. I just had all kinds of Power Rangers shit. That that was, dude, that was my thing when I was a kid. You know, that was that was the thing I was most obsessed with, was Power Rangers. Yeah, back when, let's see. I think it was, I had a bunch of He-Man stuff when I was little, which was pretty awesome. Like I had Castle Grayskull and everything. And of course, you know, don't have any of it anymore. But the one that I had right. a lot of was uh, Ninja Turtles. Oh, my oh, gosh. Nice. I had so many of them. And I remember I got older and, you know, they were just in the closet. And one day my mom was like, yeah, you want to give these to Austin? You know, the little kid lives next door. I bet he'd love playing with them. But that's a great idea, mom. And now looking back, I kicked myself. I've been like, fuck <laughs> that shit. <laughs> Screw that kid. He can go buy his own Power Ranger toys or He-Man toys. You know I, what I, I mean? did keep my favorite one and I got him in storage somewhere, but it was a character named Panda Khan. I think that was his name. But basically it was like a big panda well, that was like, you know, dressed like a samurai. What about Thundercats? Were you big on the Thundercats? I, I have no memories of the Thundercats. I was going to say, there's a crossover comic. It may have ended by now, but the He-Man and the Thundercats versus the Thundercats. Yeah, see, and as big as I was into He-Man when I was little, I remember almost nothing about it. 
but it's crazy i, <laughs> I know but, what yeah, you mean though but uh i did notice that it's on netflix now and so i was like man i should go back and watch some of these and see if it like jars some memories from my head <laughs> well that he-man versus thundercats crossover has gotten a lot of praise oh i just started today i just uh, downloaded it today um planet of the apes and green lantern crossover what yeah just started today planet of the apes and green which, lantern. which lantern is it I don't know. I haven't started. Oh, okay. I haven't read it yet. But uh, well, it's probably the whole Green Lantern. Wow. Core. Do you think they just because find that planet I the then? F- I don't know, dude. It's it's hard. But like, I read okay. The very first actual comic I ever bought was a GameStop exclusive. I bought it with my reward re- blah, 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 my reward points, and it was the first uh, Green Lantern Star Trek crossover. And I've got the whole thing. And in fact, I'm looking at it right now. They're all in a big Ziploc bag thing. And it was really, really, really good. It's really, it's kind of hard to explain what happens, but you've got like, uh, one of the guardians and he's got like, God, I can't remember. He has some kind of ring that's got all the colors and he, he uses it to fucking change reality or something. So all of a sudden Star Trek guys run into the green lanterns. Like all of a sudden they're in the same universe. That's crazy. And so, yeah, you got, like, uh, Captain Kirk and Hal Jordan, you know, cracking jokes and shit. And, oh, man, it's it's really good. They just started a whole other volume of it, volume two of it. I haven't read it yet. I got to download them and get them. But, but, yeah, the first one was really good. It was six issues long. Uh, Larfreeze is in it a little bit, I think. Um, there's just, yeah, there, there's a lot of good shit about it. It's good. It's really good. You should check it out if you ever get a chance. But, God, there's there's just so many good comics out there you can check <laughs> yeah, out. So many. There are lots and lots, man. I go into the comic shop and I just get overwhelmed. <laughs> I know. I used to buy so many trades, too. And I, it got to the point where I'd bought so many trades, I was like, what should I get? And this is when I got introduced to Saga. She came over and she told me, she's like, look, she's like, uh, I know, you know, it's going to seem really weird and you may not understand it at first why I'm telling you get this, but get this book. This is on the top of my list. Every time it comes in, I read this first. You know, you got to get this. I'm like, all right. I went in and did it because it was 10 bucks. You know, all image trades are, are $10, the first one. Anyways. Yeah, I thought that was a hell of a deal. When all, you first told me about it, I looked yes. it up on Amazon Prime right away. And I like, I think I texted you back almost immediately. And I was like, yep, I just bought it. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's cheap. That's the cool thing about image, man. All their volume one trades are 10 That's bucks. Awesome. After that, I think they're, like 15 or 20. But anyways, I got the first one. I came back the second day and ordered volume two, three, four, Holy five. Shit. And I got them in over the next few weeks, dude. And I just, I read that thing so fast. I had to read it again. And now it's on issue like 41 or 42, but man, it, it's still really good. It's still really, 41 really good. or 42. Damn. That's getting deep into trades. Yeah. It's, it's so good, man. Oh, God, I love Saga. <laughs> I'm really enjoying what I've read so far. Oh, God, just wait until you get into later trades, dude. Like, the first one's great and everything, but it just it gets even better. And the cool thing about it is, too, is, like, a lot of it's narrated by a, a Hazel. You know, yeah, the baby. yeah. Well, she's, right now, she's a baby when you're reading it. Mm-hmm. She's a baby. But the whole time that you're, she doesn't narrate it much. She just chimes in, like, at the end of books and shit. You have no clue how old she is at that point. You know, we have mm-hmm. no idea. So she could be, you know, a lot older telling us about all this stuff. And 
it's just so good, dude. There's some things in that book that I just never thought I'd ever witness. Yeah, it's it's definitely unique <laughs> among all the books that I've read. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. So yeah, anybody listening to this that has not checked out Saga, I can tell you, dude, if anybody has ever sat down and said, look, if you need to recommend one comic, it would not be a DC comic. It would be Saga. I would say read Saga. At the same time, you may not want to start with Saga because then your expectations for other <laughs> comics are going to be so high. Because <laughs> it's just so, you know, Matthew K. Vaughn is just, he's so fucking good, man. God, he's so Do you remember good. what was the first comic that you picked up? Yeah, I just said it. The very first comic I ever bought was that a GameStop oh, exclusive uh, Star Trek Green Lantern. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that was the first one I ever bought. It really, it really wasn't too long ago. It was like three or four years ago. I'm trying to think. I think the first thing I might have read was, uh, I think it would have been the graphic novel The Crow. I think I picked that up when I was in middle school. Oh, nice. It wasn't the first comic I read. It was just the first comic oh, I bought. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm not sure what the first comic I read was. But the first trade I ever read was, uh, I was going to say Old Man Logan, but that's not true. It's the... Uh, Claremont X-Men, the second volume, because, you know, the very first volume of the X-Men ever failed spectacularly. Like, it, it was not good. And then he brought in the new team, which was, uh, you know, uh, Wolverine, uh, Storm. Uh, I don't know if Cyclops is part of it, but Colossus, uh, Thunderbird, whatever his name was. And Xavier and dude, it that one was really really good. I think that was the first trade I ever read. I ever read. It was really good. It was like uh, from the seventies, I think, late seventies. It was good, man. Have you read DC's Crisis on Infinite? Earth? I got it for Christmas, and I just haven't read it yet because I got like I got like five dude. different trades for Christmas, and then plus all the stuff I buy every week. And so there's a handful of my Christmas books right. I haven't read yet. But but yeah, I got it. I got it okay. sitting right here you in need- front of me, actually. <laughs> You, yes, I do too. That's so funny because it's literally, I'm looking to my left and there it is. <laughs> but it's because uh, I've been wanting to read it again. But man, it's hard. It's kind of hard to read, dude. Like there's a lot of good things that happen. But but since you don't know what's going on in the world at that time, because you're not reading any comics that were around yeah. at that point, it's really hard to understand a lot of it, dude. It's kind of, it's it's very complex. There's a lot of shit going on. But still read it and finish it because it is good and it is referred to as several times in Rebirth. They've referred to what happened because that's but that's the weird thing that Rebirth did. It's like New Fifty Two started a whole new continuity mm-hmm. and everything, but now Rebirth has kind of like wiped all that out. But at the same time, it didn't and picked up from it, exactly. <laughs> it's it's it was really weird. weird. <laughs> it's so weird. I can't really explain how the fuck they did it or what's really going on, but. It's well, they did. They said uh, there was a chunk of time yeah, missing. There was like roughly ten years missing, which I think is the was the new fifty two, or no? I don't well, fucking know. Well, Who knows? I don't know. Well, not man. having read very many of the new fifty two books and more, just kind of understanding it the way that it's been discussed in other mediums. It was my understanding that the new fifty two at the start of it, that's where this ten year gap that is missing would have gone. Because for some reason, in between Flashpoint and New 52, 10 years disappeared. So at the beginning of New 52, it was like a reboot on all these characters. And that's where the loss of legacy that a lot of fans didn't like came into play. 
And so that's why, like, like for me, I picked up the Flash new 52 books and I'm reading, I'm like, what the fuck is going on with Barry Allen in this? It's like, he's like learning everything anew. And, and that's, that's when I did a little bit more research and I was like, oh, okay, that's what new 52 did. And that's why fans were griping so much because it was almost like the writers were having a hard time coming up with new challenges for all these powerful characters and so they're right. like, okay let's depower them a little bit so it makes them easier to write for that was my understanding on it definitely did that a lot in new 52 yes especially superman he lost his powers for a long time in the, that run but yeah it's weird because new 52 pretty much wiped out all continuity before it and just totally yeah, started over. Yeah, exactly so that loss of 10 years happened like basically right at the start of new 52 or preceding it so new 52 still is part yes. of continuity that's so weird man yeah that's so fucking so that weird. batman storyline you know that you loved so much with um you know scott snyder and greg capullo so at the end of that that's basically you know he's sitting in the bat cave and all of a sudden boom wally west shows up and then when wally west disappears there's something embedded in the back of the bat cave that is the start of rebirth, the way I understand it. See, that's so weird because the way like it starts, it just seems like he hasn't done all this shit that happened before. I don't know. I'm gonna have to read some articles. I'm gonna have to read. You may. You're probably right, but I'm I'm gonna have to read more into it because it's it's very confusing. But then again, comics are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a per- it's perpetually a second act. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But see, what then? Then what it makes me question is okay. So there's ten there's ten years missing between Flashpoint and New Fifty Two. So what the fuck caused the world to reboot? That's then? what we're getting into, because in uh, okay, okay, because remember okay, okay. Wally was telling Barry Flashpoint didn't cause this because Barry was under the impression that it was his fault, and right. Wally's telling him no, it was something much more than that. And I think that's where that's where okay, we're getting the lead-ins okay. to where there's going to eventually be a crossover with Watchmen. Is is yeah, and a lot of people are actually complaining about that. They don't want the Watchmen to come in the DC universe. I think they should. If Jeff John, if Jeff Why Johns not? is at the helm, then yeah, I want to see how he's going to do this because he hasn't right. burned me yet. I've yet to read a Jeff Johns comic where I've been like, whoa. What the hell was he thinking right there? Now, a lot of people stand up and say, well, he had a writing credit on Green Lantern. Well, Green Lantern, you know, the movie with Ryan Reynolds, it uh, that suffered a lot of studio fuckery. Um, if you go back and listen to some really old Fat Man on Batman podcast, there's an episode that where Andrew Kreisberg is on. You know, he's one of the writers on The Flash. And uh, right. he talks about, what that script went through because he was, I don't know if he was helping them work on it or just one of his friends was working on it. And so he got to read the script, but he goes into detail about how awesome that script was. And then he stepped away from the project for a while. And when he came back, he was talking to his friend that was still on it. And he's like, well, what about this part? And what about that part? And the guy's like, Nope, gone. It's gone. It's gone. They chopped my script all up and now it's all fucked up. Yeah. That's something Joe, uh, he was telling me too. my co-host on supercast. He was saying, uh, that yeah, Jeff Johns has had something to do with the early, early drafts, but then that all got yeah. changed. So really, he really didn't have anything to do with. <laughs> and like I was saying earlier, that I have a very, very 
I don't know what you call it, a, a low bar for being entertained, but I kind of liked that movie. <laughs> I saw the DVD. Dude, I yeah. saw the DVD at Walmart for two ninety seven. I went, oh, a steal. <laughs> I picked it up. That's funny. <laughs> There's parts of that movie that just grossed me out. Uh, uh, Hector with his big freaking growth head. Like, uh, I, I don't want to see yeah. that shit. <laughs> but, and, no. and I agree with what Joe was saying, too, that, that Ryan Reynolds was not quite the right Hal Jordan. Um, I think Hal Jordan needs to be a lot more cocky than jokey. Yeah. Know? That's for um, sure. Have you read the, did That's you read the true. Green Lantern Rebirth book that Jeff Johns wrote where he brought Hal Jordan back? Oh yeah. I've read that one was fucking dope. And that was, yeah, that was we, one of my, oh, go ahead, we, dude. I was just going to say, we need Jeff Johns back on Green yeah, Lantern. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, dude, <laughs> clone that guy and have him write everything. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That guy has got a knack for writing a storyline that is exciting and emotional at the same time. I don't know how many Jeff Johns yep. books I've read where at the end of it, it's like, dude, how is a fucking comic book making me tear up? It's incredible. I know. Like, and that is really, really good storyline. It was, you know, it's just good story writing. It is. It's still, uh, the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps is still really good to this day. There is, uh, some very interesting things with them. Um, there was a trade, a very, very good trade. It was uh, at the very end of the new 52. It was a, uh, Green Lantern, I can't remember what the fuck it was called, but it was, it actually explained like, okay, you know how, uh, John Stewart and his Green Lantern corpse were missing. They were like out of the universe or whatever, and they had to get back in. I've only read a couple of Green Lantern trades, so I'm pretty, I'm in the dark about a lot of it. Okay. Well, if you were reading it and the rebirth picks up on that part is they're still kind of lost. And there was a trade that I think it was called, um, Army, oh man, the Lost Army, the Green Lantern Corps, or something like that. God, I cannot remember. I've got them. I've got all of them somewhere in my comics, somewhere. But it it explains what happened, and it it is it was such a good book, and it was supposed to be a running title, but they fucking turned it into a miniseries, and so that's unfortunate. But oh man, it sucked. <laughs> Yeah, in that uh, Green Lantern Rebirth, I loved how they said that uh, there was an adversarial relationship between Hal Jordan and Batman. And right. what it stemmed from was that Hal Jordan was a man without fear, and Batman depends on fear. He depends on people being afraid of him. And Hal, and Hal Jordan, huh. he's like, I'm not afraid of you. And so Batman, as a result, is like, well, I don't fucking like you. I'm not getting any respect from you. <laughs> it was like you know i never thought of it that way but it's like yeah the guy dresses like a fucking bat he lives in the shadows he has no superpower but he can kick the shit out of about anybody yeah yeah he's gonna need that fear and hal jordan's like yeah i'm not afraid of you i mean there's a scene there where he get they get in each other's face and he knocks him out how many times do you see somebody else punch bruce wayne in the face never Almost never. In fact, never. Yeah. No, you never, never see that. That's incredible. Never ever. Oh man, I've got so many goddamn but, trades on my list. But dude, there's yeah, there's just so many good ones. I mean, there's all the stuff in the past, all the stuff they're currently coming up with. It's like ah, oh, it's just all so cool. But 
Can you hear that? Hear <laughs> yeah, my background? I just wondered what that was. Yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't turn it off. My co-host out front, so she's got really cool. <laughs> it's no sweat, man. It is really cool to hear. <laughs> well, we can wrap this up anyway. But yeah, if we do uh, wrap this up here, man, yeah, we'll have to do this again, because yeah, Joe said he would definitely like Oh, that'd be, be so on. awesome. That would be really cool. <laughs> I know there was, um, what was it? One of your earlier episodes, I think Joe said something about the Field of Dreams. Or, yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. It was after I sent my email in. And and at the end of the email, like I, I signed it off saying something about Iowa, and then Joe was like, he said something about right. Field of Dreams and Riverside, and so I heard that. Uh, I, was, I was driving home from work when I heard that, and so I sat in, the, in my car in the driveway, and I sent uh, you guys a message, I think on on Facebook or something, and I was like, hey man, like I drive past the Field of Dreams every Monday and Wednesday on my work route, and every Tuesday I drive past Riverside. <laughs> I know. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I think I've got the email right here. Um, yeah, let me see here. Well, what's funny about the Field of Dreams is that when, when me and my friends were kids, you know, that was right pretty recently after that movie had come out. And so that was that was what we wanted to do in the summertime. It was, we want to go up to the Field of Dreams. We're going to take our bats. You know, we're going to take all our baseball gear. We're going to go up there and we don't have enough people to play a team, but, you know, somebody's going to pitch one of us is going to hit we're going to run the bases and uh it was pretty cool seeing that you know but then the the funniest thing about it was they had a little souvenir shop off to the side and you could go and pay a dollar to get a little plastic vial of dirt (laughs) what (laughs) no that was the souvenir they were selling is you could take a little bit of the field of dreams home uh, a little plastic vial of black dirt (laughs) come on now no, dead serious man and what's funny is i was a little kid and i looked at that and i went who the fuck's buying dirt <laughs> oh, i bet a lot of people did of it. <laughs> oh i'm sure they did and i bet you half of it didn't even come from it <laughs> i i guarantee it oh man well if there's one thing that i always got a lot of it's black topsoil <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how are you going to prove otherwise? <laughs> All that topsoil is courtesy of Canada and the Ice Age that happened like 10,000 years ago. It was like a bulldozer. It just pushed all that topsoil down to us. That's funny. That is hilarious. It's like uh, Oklahoma and their red dirt. Red dirt? I've never been to Oklahoma. Oh, my God. Red dirt? Do they? Can they grow anything in it? Yeah, they've got tons of red dirt and clay it's because uh, of the clay they, they probably have a hard time growing crops yeah it's just them. really red i don't know i've only been there a few times yeah. i know I'd, i've driven through kansas a couple times you guys got a lot of what did i see did i see lots of sunflower seeds when i went or sunflower fields when i went through there yeah yeah it was beautiful especially getting to that more yeah, western it, part of the state all of a sudden it started getting really really rolling hills and everything it's gorgeous yeah, most Kansas is flat. As <laughs> That's hell. what a lot of Iowa's like too. But right, and there, yeah, there is. There's a lot of sunflower seed. In fact, that's our uh, that's our state flowers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, a lot of people will say that you can't beat a Kansas sunset, and it's very true, dude. Just because of the everything's so flat, you know. It's I don't know how to like uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like I don't know, like all the fields and stuff just in the air i don't know how to explain it man 
It's really hard, but yeah, the sunset they are they, sunsets are beautiful. But then again, sunsets are beautiful anywhere. Yeah, especially if you get a little bit of low hanging atmospheric dust, you're going to get some great colors out of that. That's what I'm trying to bring up. <laughs> yes, that's exactly why. Where I live at in Iowa, I'm in um, so I'm right outside Cedar Rapids, and so Cedar Rapids. If if you go west from Cedar Rapids, you're going to see a whole lot of flat. If you go east from Cedar Rapids and then veer a little bit north, you're going to get into the driftless zone. Now, during the last during right. the last ice age, for whatever reason, the ice the um, the glaciers didn't go through a part of it'd be western Illinois, eastern Iowa, uh, western Wisconsin, and it's an area that's called the driftless zone. And so, there's lots of rolling hills. Like, have you seen Grant Wood paintings? I and think Grant so. Wood's famous for having all these big rolling hills in his paintings. And if you go into this part of Iowa. That's just a little bit. I mean, I drive 45 minutes and I'm looking at what inspired Grant Wood to paint those rolling hills. It's gorgeous. I don't know. Maybe, uh, what's a state that has all those hills? Was it Tennessee? Hmm. I'm thinking of that fucking song, uh, God damn it, where he, he talks about all the states, uh, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? It's like a country singer. I, the only one that's popping in my head is that Johnny Cash song where he lists out all the different places where he's been. <laughs> and I know that's not what <laughs> no, you're talking about, that one. but that's on repeat in so my head. I guess like, uh, <laughs> you know, he's like from the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee. And then, oh man, I can't. <laughs> it's like a freedom song. It's like, you know, we all stand for freedom and fuck, it's a very it's popular a song. song. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is. It's like one of those I'm patriotic songs. such a cynical songs. asshole. Um, we sung it in school. Just giggling about it. <laughs> Well, like, do you remember, do you remember the South Park episode? And this would have been an older one, but it was after 9-11 and they were making fun of Alan Jackson making the, the 9-11 song. Do you remember after 9-11, Alan Jackson released that song about the towers or something like that? And uh, South Park did a spoof on it called The Ladder to Heaven. <laughs> like Alan Jackson shows up and he's singing about the ladder. Where were you when they built the ladder to heaven or something like that? <laughs> and then at the end of it, he's like, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> I may have. I fucking so love South Park. Up. I've seen so. I love their oh, Jesus interpretation. I love how shit. irreverent they are because I mean <laughs> that's a big part of my sense of humor is that I have a really dark, sarcastic sense of humor. And a lot of it is just really irreverent, you know? It's like if there's something that that you're really holding close to you and you take really seriously, I can't help it. I'm gonna wanna poke fun at it. And like the last thing I wanna do is offend you, but uh <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's hilarious. Not coming from an evil place, but I'm gonna I'm gonna giggle. <laughs> And somebody be like, you know, oh, the Patriot song. I'm like, like, uh, yeah, patriotism's a good thing. Why are you laughing at it, Joe? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's more, it's more we're going to write songs about it. It's like, when does that turn into America? Fuck yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's funny to think about. Yeah. It's true. Uh, that's weird stuff, man. That's all country songs are. It seems like it. <laughs> Pretty much, dude. About a terrible life, like you know, either either your dog got shot, 
or your wife left you, or America's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> those are the three. Those are the three parts of a country song. Oh right man, there. you give me some older Waylon Jennings on. That's gonna make me think of when I was a kid riding in my grandpa's truck, listening to Waylon on cassette tape. Johnny Cash, Willie, all that sort of stuff. The newer country, it's just fuck. It grosses me out. It's twangy pop. Yeah, that yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just. I, hey, hold on. I gotta get a drink real quick. Hold on one second. Alright, I had to get a gator in my fucking throat. <laughs> yeah. Smoke to me. Oh, you gotta quit that, buddy. I know. I know I do. It it's is hard, hard, man. I um I I I picked it up when I was sixteen and then I smoked off and on and then I managed to quit when my wife was pregnant with our first kid. And it worked out because she had that pregnant lady super sense of smell and so she had previously smoked also but she quit when she got when she found out she was pregnant now i'd go to work and smoke one cigarette at eight o'clock in the morning i'd be home from work at 4 30 and give her a hug and she could smell it on my skin Holy yeah shit. yeah and she did not she did not Damn. dig it and so like that helped me quit i had motivation it's like oh yeah my wife's doesn't want to be near me <laughs> and i want to be and i really See, want to be I, near her <laughs> right and so then you know that helped me quit and so then i stayed quit for oh probably like seven years or so and then we had a really bad windstorm here and a tree fell down on our house and, it, and oh, it, yeah shit. it was it was pretty bad it punched a hole through the roof and the good part of the story is that i needed a new roof to begin with and this way my insurance company paid for all the shingles <laughs> and everything. So it kind of worked out. It worked out and nice. it was a headache, but it worked out in the end. Um, and, uh, but during that time we didn't have, it was such a bad windstorm that we didn't have power in our house for like three days. And so we were just bouncing around between, you know, my in-laws and my mom and dad's house. And every time, you know, my wife after, you know, a couple of years later, she ended up picking up smoking again. But, um, so I'd go outside with her just to keep her company when she's having a cigarette and it's this really stressful time. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Give me one. <sighs> and so I picked it up again for like a year and a half and then, uh, uh then managed yeah. to quit it again. And, uh, dude, it's a motherfucker to quit. <laughs> I feel for you. That's awesome. That you've been able to twice. Quit, and it was, it was tough. And like, I really kicked myself for starting up that second time. I shouldn't have done it. See, that's the hard thing for me, man. It's like, I've got, I, I don't have any motivation to quit. And that's what you need. That is the biggest thing. If you honestly don't want to quit, you're not going to be able to. And that's the thing. It's like, I do, but I don't. Does that make sense? It's like, dude, I do want to quit for my health and everything. I don't want to fucking die from this shit or, you know, get sick from it or anything. But then at the same time, it's like, I love smoking. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, and my, and I work, my work, dude, we, it's technically illegal, but we smoke in here, you know? And so it'd be impossible. How am I going to quit when everybody is smoking inside all the fucking time? You know, it's not like my, it's not like I'm not going to smell anymore because I'm still going to smell because they all smoke in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll make it tough, man. Really tough. <laughs> I and know exactly where you're I coming from. Fucking hate, dude. I hate going to the movie theater and like sitting down. You know, I go to the movies by myself a lot 
And it's like, I'll sit down, let's say like it's crowded, and I'll sit down between two people, and I just can't help but think, dude, these people probably don't want to be sitting by me, I fucking smell like cigarettes, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh god, it makes me feel bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, it's like, I don't give a fuck, if they want to move, they can move. Exactly. I got a right to smell like cigarettes, right? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I don't know. It's like all these damn rules now. You can't even smoke thirty feet next by a door anymore. You know, you got to smoke. You, you can't smoke thirty feet near a door. The cigarette prices are outrageous. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. How much they cost? Dude, they're a little over six dollars a pack here. Mm. In the fucking East Coast, they're almost twenty dollars a pack. Joe. Oh my god, how do people even keep up with it? I, they, a lot of them don't. They quit, but, and that's one way to do it, but it's like, dude, fuck you guys. It's like, man, you know, I hate that they're putting all these taxes on it. For one, you're getting double tax. You're getting a tobacco tax, and then you're getting hit with the sales tax. As far as I was led to believe, double taxation's illegal, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's why they have two different names on it. It's bullshit. <laughs> it is bullshit. Also, that they can go and misappropriate it. Uh, it's bullshit that you work for a paycheck, and then you get Taxes taken out of your paycheck, and then you use that money to buy clothes and food and stuff, and then you get hit with taxes again. Yeah, and if you die and leave it to your heirs, they're going to pay taxes on the money that you just paid taxes yep. on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. Speaking of that, I haven't done my fucking tax returns in four years. I just, I can't, I don't know why I haven't done it, dude, because they, I usually, they usually owe me money. <laughs> Should you be I, saying I that out loud? <laughs> It's like, aren't you supposed to do your taxes every year? No. Um, okay. That's the <laughs> See, thing. I'm it's ignorant like, about when it, if it involves numbers, like I'm going to be slow on the uptick with you. <laughs> See, well, that's, that's the thing. It's like, okay, if you owe the government money, yes, you're supposed to do them and they're going to come after you for it. But if they owe you, no, that's uh, a whole other story. Okay. Of course, they're not going to come after you, you. But yeah, they, they usually owe me. Well, I usually, you know, get back a certain amount of money for federal, but then I usually owe like, I don't know, sixteen bucks in state. Isn't that every funny year. how that always works out? You get money back it's from really federal, weird. but you owe state. That's how it always goes with me too. Yeah, it's really, really weird. But see, that's strange. I got, you know, I got four years of like, I my boss gave me my tax return yesterday, and I was like, you know what? I don't think I've done these <laughs> like a year or so. <laughs> and I go back to my drawer and I open it up. There's the one from 2013. There's the one from 2014. There's the one from 2015. I'm like, and then I got the 2061 in my hand. I'm like, oh my God. And I got three copies of each. So I know none of them were mailed in. So I'm like, man, I got to call H&R Block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, man. Set an appointment with them. <laughs> I swear to God, I get more money back when I go to them. I'm not kidding you. I've done, I've used, I've had my aunt do them before. Me and my aunt did them once. I only got back, like, a little bit of money. I went to H&R Block the next year and did them. I got back, like, almost $1,000. It's it's weird, dude. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's one of those things where, with H&R Block, it infuriates me how much they charge you to do that. And it's like, I'm paying this much money for somebody to just sit and punch things into a computer. It's like, if you're charging me this much money, I want to see this fucker use an abacus. <laughs> <laughs> Use a what? An abacus. <laughs> what, what the fuck is that? <laughs> An abacus is like a. Uh, um, okay, listeners, forgive me if I totally brutal brutalize this or 
culturally misappropriate something here, but the way I understand it is an abacus is like an ancient Chinese calculator that works on beads. Okay, okay, I know what it is. Yeah, and like, you know, I guess they still use them today, so they must be pretty quick. But, you know, I look at it and it's, I'm like, well, I don't know what the hell you're doing. But um, <laughs> speaking of calculators and, and how much I suck at math, uh, I remember back in the day when, you know, you'd be failing at math and the math teacher would say, oh, what are you going to do, carry on a calculator everywhere in your pocket? Turns out, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a scientific calculator if I turn my phone sideways. So, yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Oh. That's fucking hilarious, man. I know. <laughs> it just kind of worked out in my favor, I guess. Dude, you put a gun to my head and make me do long division on paper, you might as well just fucking kill me. Cause that... <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm just going to do random multiplication problems until I get the ballpark. <laughs> I, I do not remember how to do it. <laughs> There's just so much shit from school that I've just jettisoned. It's like, if I don't use it on a daily basis, why'd you teach it to me? Yeah, kind of. It's, when one teacher put it one way, she's like, once I was like, why are we learning this? She's like, well, it's not necessarily that you're going to literally use this type of multiplication or whatever later on down the line. It more or less helps your brain function, if that makes sense. She's like, if you learn how to do all this algebra, for instance, then you're not necessarily going to use it later on in life, but your brain will have learned it, and so it'll help your brain work, if that makes sense. Like, I'm doing a terrible job of quoting her what she was saying. I think I know what, you, I think I know what, basically what, what you she was saying. she means by that. Like, basically, you're kind of... When you learn things, your brain is mapping out new pathways, like between neurons and stuff like that. And so that's probably what she means is this is wiring your head in a certain way for thinking, logical thinking, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. That's that. They, they say that algebra and math in general, there, there'll be a moment where it'll click with you and all of a sudden it'll make sense. That never happened for me. Me neither. <laughs> I, well, it did when, uh, when I did, when I did geometry, I was real good with geometry. Yeah. I, I didn't even take geometry in school. <laughs> and I t- I'd tell classmates that, and they'd be like, "How did you not take geometry?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> I, when That's I, funny. When I was in high school, you had to take two math credits to graduate, and so when I was a freshman, they had like the standard algebra one, or they had applied mathematics. And applied mathematics is where they stuck you if you were a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where I went, <laughs> and it was just story problems. <laughs> And so I squeak through that. And then when I'm a senior and I'm talking with the guidance counselor, he's like, uh, you can't graduate unless you take another math credit. And I'm like, oh, no, that means oh, I have fuck. to take algebra one because I already took applied mathematics. And so as a senior, as a senior, I take algebra one with all these other freshmen who are flying through it. And I'm just like fucking sitting there That's like funny. Mungo. I think I did the same thing, honestly. Fucking horrible. But most people took algebra and then geometry, and so I missed out on geometry. And then you had the smart motherfuckers doing like pre calculus and shit. <laughs> yeah, I was. Just, uh... And what's funny now is like with me being so fascinated by science and physics and stuff like that. When I was in high school, and I asked people about physics class, all they said was, "Oh, it's a bunch of math." And so I was like, "Oh, fuck that." Nobody told me that physics was the study of the physical fucking world. 
<laughs> Do you know how much that would have intrigued my young mind? Then they're just like, yeah, I can see. But who knows? Maybe that's me being a typical American, putting my problems on somebody else. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Either way, you slice and dice it, man. If you got a math problem, don't bring it to me. <laughs> if, if you need help with a piece of creative writing or you want to write a poem or something, come talk to me. I'll help you out with your words. <laughs> but I am not, I am not <laughs> helping you with numbers. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's right, man. We went from DC Comics to talking about math. <laughs> that's how you do it, dude. It's podcasting 101. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, man, it's late as fuck. Why don't we wrap this up? Yeah, right on. I feel you. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to come on my little show, man, and for all the other things that you've helped me with, with uh, different questions about how, you know, this whole podcasting thing works, man. It's been a real lifesaver. Oh, yeah. No problem, dude. Like, you know, I had the same thing. I don't know. You know, like I had Brian from Pockholtz left. It was helped me with it, and I don't know where I would have been without him. So, you know, I was just trying to pass on the love. <laughs> cool. and i don't yeah I, I don't mind it at all do i love helping someone out and yeah dude i you know i listened to your you know your first episode it was fucking great dude you do you got a good voice for it you really do and i know what you mean dude it's like uh like me i'm my own worst critic definitely oh yeah i hate the way i sound you know it's like i'm always picking out things like oh i did that was wrong i did that wrong i did that wrong just you can't do that you know what i mean oh yeah you just gotta let it stand <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's not the biggest failure if the world knows I'm an idiot. <laughs> At least then I don't have to try and keep up appearances otherwise. <laughs> That's funny. It's, um, no, man, Joe, thanks for having me, dude. Seriously, I'd, yeah, I had a lot of fun tonight. A lot of fun. I can't wait to uh, do it again with the, my co-hosts from the other from the Supercast. I can't wait for both of us to be on here. That'll be fun as hell. Oh, that's going to be awesome, man. See, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for your next episode either. I had, dude, when I was listening to your first uh, episode and that guy was talking about what he did, um, like particles and shit, I was like, what the fuck? This dude's a genius. Oh, he is. Like, James is like, literally, oh he's like the classic definition of a genius. He can, like, play several instruments really well. And he's a freaking, he's a PhD in his 20s. That's amazing. And I don't see, I, I originally met. We tried to wrap this up and here we go again. But <laughs> um, I originally met James because, um, what was it, in like 2011, 2012, something like that, I wrote a guidebook for the rock climbing in a park in Iowa called Pictured Rocks. And uh, I get an email one day from a guy who's making a digital guidebook. And he was kind of uh, thinking that the email was something along the lines of, hey, I want to do this. Well, you know, I wasn't sure if this was a direction you were going to be going. I don't really want to step on your toes. And, you know, I had no, no interest or knowledge in how to put together a digital guidebook. And so I write back to him right away. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. I was like, I was like, tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll hook you up with all the pictures that I took that have got all the lines drawn. Cause basically like a picture in a guidebook will be a picture of a rock wall and it'll have a little line going up that tells you more or less the path that you climb to get to the top. And then, okay. And then different routes will have different names and then a grade attached to it so that you so beginners don't get in over their heads. You kind of know what sort of territory you're going to be getting into if you decide to tackle this climb. And uh 
yeah, yeah, this guy was so cool that I, he ended up becoming a pretty good friend. I've gone out climbing with him a That's couple awesome. times. And, uh, and uh, what's weird, too, is, man, I have met so many freaking PhDs in rock climbing. It's, wow. it's goddamn strange. Like, I have to use two hands to count all the PhDs I've met through climbing. It's so weird. It's like it attracts people who are like the fuck you don't tell me what to do crowd and like the hardcore intellectual crowd. I'm going to have to try it out, man. Oh, dude, climbing is... Did you climb trees and stuff when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll love... You'd love rock climbing then. It puts you right back into that space when you're a kid. And, like, you're going up higher and higher, and you're starting to get a little freaked out. You're pretty high off the ground. And, you know, climbing done competently, the gear is really good. And the biggest problem you're going to face will be human error. And you can take that all out with double checking between you and your partner and all that. So generally as a beginner, any of the fear you feel is called um, irrational fear. So like you're up there and you're like, oh, what if the rope breaks? Like, dude, the rope's not going to break. Oh, what if that bolt breaks? Like, dude, that bolt's going to take like 10,000 pounds of force to shear. You're not going to fucking break it. And with a top rope setup, you know, the ropes over your head the entire time so it's much akin to bowling with bumpers you're, you're doing it but there's no consequence if you're top roping and you fall or you just spontaneously let go you're just going to more or less stay where you're at because right. it, it, the entire time you're climbing the anchors are up over your head and that's where the rope's at and the guy on the ground's just taking in slack as you're going up in the air and so, okay. and so but you're going to experience all this fear but it's irrational you know I know, yeah, and, I know. And so you'd be up there pissing your pants, but even if you were to fall or let go, it's like all of a sudden you find yourself just hanging there in space. And you're just like, oh, well, that's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'd almost like want to fall. Oh, but then when you actually get to the top, man, it's this wonderful feeling of accomplishment, knowing that, that you worked through all this personal doubt and uh, physical hardship and, and you really accomplished something that's what it feels like but when you really break it down it's like no i'm out in the woods and i'm playing a made-up game with my friends <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome though. No, it really awesome. is you know you're out in a peaceful environment and i don't know climbing's awesome man but See, the only thing about that we have here in kansas is they had our kansas rock club uh, i can't fucking talk anymore um rock wall climbing club but the only fucking one there is anywhere around here is it's just just this real big grain elevator and they've just attached, you know, the, you know, the climbing, the hand, whatever you call, what do you call them? Handholds. Okay, yeah, they've just attached all these handholds to it all the way up, and that's like the only one around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that seems pretty standard. They've got some ones like that over in Illinois too, where they actually okay they took um oh what the fuck is that place called? I can't think of what it's called off the top of my head. But there's there's one in 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 um I think it's in Bloomington, Illinois. I haven't been there, but I've had friends tell me about, but they've got like these really big grain elevators or grain bins or silos, silos. That's what that's, it is. That's They're what silos. have here. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, they've got like the inside of the silo you can climb up. The pictures online look really dope, but, um, see, I'm, I'm more into the climbing from the fuck you don't tell me what to do perspective. And so it's like really, really against my nature to be able to go into a climbing gym. And I understand that they have the rules that they have because of insurance and stuff, but if I've been doing something a certain way outdoors in a safe way for a long time, and then I walk into a gym setting and I got some college kid that's getting in my face, be like, that's not the way to do it. I'm going to be like, dude, get the fuck out of my face. And then they're right. going to kick me out. And then I just wasted my $7 and I should have just gone outside to begin with. 
but you know. Now when you do it, but that, that's me. When you do it outside. What do you climb outside? Uh, well, remember earlier I was talking about the the driftless zone in Iowa and having all the hills. Yeah. Well, the other thing the driftless zone has in spades is limestone bluffs, and now those were carved out by rivers and creeks and everything. And in Iowa, they can range. If something's over thirty foot tall, it's it's climbable with a rope. Now in 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 Iowa, it's mostly limestone. And so that is um, a softer stone that you can protect it with traditional gear, which is like removable. And like, like you remember like the movie cliffhanger and like, he's hanging up there and he's like banging like the pitons into the wall and shit like that. Well, like that isn't really how climbing works anymore because it's not really a clean ethic, but you can use removable gear. That's like spring loaded cams and shit like that. And that usually depends on like a crack system. So if a crack's running up the wall, you can slot a cam in there. And when you pull outward on that cam, it's going to make these lobes on it push outward. Yeah. Okay. And then the type of climbing that we mostly do in Iowa, though, is sport climbing. Now that that's a sort of form where somebody has gone in on rappel. So they went to the top of the bluff, they tied their rope to a tree and they rappelled down that face with like a hammer drill and a bunch of uh, concrete anchors and the concrete anchors will actually hold a hanger that is made so that you can clip a carabiner to that hanger and then your rope clips to that carabiner. And so as you're going up the wall, like when you walk up to a route, like the very first bolt will be say 10 to 15 feet off the ground. And then there's another bolt, like every, you know, five to eight feet spaced apart. And so you'll climb up, you clip into that first one with your rope and then you climb up and then you take a stance next to the second bolt and you clip your rope into that one and so on and so forth until you get to the anchors at the very top of the route. It sounds awesome. Dude, it's fun. It's, to try it out. it's fun. I mean, to get good at it, it takes a lot of training. You got to dedicate a lot. Of, oh, you got to dedicate a lot of time to it. But um, it's, it's essentially like chess. You know, because as you're climbing, you got to be looking at the route ahead of you and thinking a few moves ahead the entire time. And that's probably why it draws so many PhDs into it is because it's actually a very cerebral sport. And, right. and you'd think that, you know, oh, you got to have a lot of biceps and be able to do lots of pull-ups. It's like, no, that's not the case. Your arms aren't meant to hold body weight, but your feet are. And so that's what you got to do as you're going up the wall. You got to use your feet the right way because your feet are made to hold your body weight. And so then you got to twist your body in different ways. And when you watch somebody who's really good climb up a route, climb up a wall, they make it look really easy because they're using proper technique. Because it's not like climbing a ladder, you know? And so right. you got to move and twist your body. In much the same way, if you watch a professional skateboard or skateboard, they make it look easy. All it is is a series of tricks that they've learned. Right. And climbing is much the same way. But yeah, it's climbing a lot. Like, have you seen the movie The Descent? I don't think the I've seen that movie. I don't know if I've seen that one. Really, there's a bunch of women and they're like uh, extremists. You know, they love going out. They're they're climbers. Okay, there was another movie that came out right around that same time that was called like The Cave or something like that. And I, I remember seeing that yeah. one, but then I didn't see the other one. The Descent is fucking awesome. It, they they go into this cave that ends up being uh oh what what did they call it it had never been they no one had ever been there before it was a new territory or whatever no one had scouted it or 
or graded it or anything like that. But then they end, there end up being like these fucking creatures in there. And what the creatures ended up being were people that from way, you know, long ago that got down in there and they couldn't, there was no other way out. They couldn't get out. And so they just adapted to down there. Like they became blind and they start walking on all fours and shit. And it, it's, it's a good movie. You should check it out. <laughs> yeah. It sounds pretty creepy. It is pretty, it's very creepy, but it's really, really good. I don't know. Is, is into climbing up like a rock face is, is I am like the thought of going into a cave just scares the shit out of me. I know what you mean, dude. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> and climbing through all those little holes and well, shit. And, oh God. Well, and, and yeah, it's like, uh, the the one place that I made the guidebook for pictured rocks, they've got a cave there that they've actually got a like handicap accessible trail that goes all the way to this cave, and they call it the ice cave because you know when you go inside a cave, they have like a pretty much a regulated temperature of around like fifty five degrees or something like that. Right. Well, if you go back far enough into this cave, it actually gets cold enough to where there's ice on the walls year round. So I've been told because I'm not about to fucking crawl into this cave. <laughs> Hell no, me neither. <laughs> but they've got it mapped out, and it goes back over 100 feet into the bluff. But if you stand in front of this cave in the summertime, you can feel cold air coming out. It's almost like sitting in front of an air conditioner. That's crazy. But the the little topo thing they have of it, like the uh, a topo being like a, like a map, it has it listed out. And there's squeeze points in that where you have to get on your belly and wiggle through a little hole. And nope. then, the, yep, yep, that's the same thing I say. Nope, not doing it. <laughs> and that, and there's a um, there's a youth camp right up the road from Pictured Rocks, and so they take kids down there all the time. And I don't know how many times I've hiked past the ice cave, and I've seen a whole group of these kids hanging out outside it, and they are fucking filthy. <laughs> <laughs> the inside of that cave never dries out, and so they, they come out of there, and they look like they just... I mean, they look like they're covered in shit and I can only imagine That's hilarious. I can only imagine that they partially are covered in shit if there's bats that are in that fucking cave. Oh god, yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, the thought of actually getting on my belly and actually squeezing through that and I'm a big guy too. You know. And no, no. It, that's the last thing I want to do is get stuck in there and have to have some fireman fucking crawl in there and loop a rope around my ankle and drag me out. Yeah, no shit. If they even could, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I know how many times you read stories about like, well, so-and-so got stuck in a cave, and that's where he's buried. It's like, fuck that. Yeah, or like collapsed all of a sudden when you're going through it. <laughs> and then people will be like, oh, you'll you'll climb these walls here at Pictured Rocks, but you won't you won't go in the cave? I'm like, dude, if I have a problem up on that route, I have my Belair lower me to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can actually move around and actually leave. And if worse comes to worse, I can take my rope and go up to the top of the bluff line and rappel down and retrieve all my gear. <laughs> That's consequence free for me, you know. I just got to double check all my knots and I'm good to go. Yeah, fuck being <laughs> stuck in the goddamn one place where you can't even move. Then I'd want a cigarette and like I couldn't get to my cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to come back to the cigarettes, doesn't it? Oh, man, always. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, hell, man, we should try and wrap this up again. <laughs> See if it sticks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to do this again, though, man. You're fucking, this is just a great conversation. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to be on it again. I, I really do. I thank you a lot for having me on, dude. It's awesome. 
I feel honored to be on the second episode of StarCast. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> and yeah, we'll have to have you on the, the Supercast here soon, too. Sometime soon. Hell yeah, man. Whenever it works out with you guys' schedule, I would I would equally be honored to be on your show. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. No, I'd love it. Uh, so yeah, definitely have to do this again, man. And yeah, Joe, thanks again for having me on. Hell yeah. Thank you, Jordan. No problem. No problem. And yeah, um... Yeah, if you guys haven't already, I'm going I'm to plug my own show. Oh, fuck yeah. Where's my head? Yeah, plug your <laughs> shit, man. Uh, yeah, if you guys haven't already, you can check out my podcast. Uh, I do a podcast with another Joe. I, I know a lot of Joes. <laughs> it's a good, my stepdad's name is Joe. It's a good name. <laughs> it is a good name. It's, it's a very good name. It's a, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It, you know, when you hear someone as a Joe, you just imagine them as like a, uh, just a good citizen, you know? <laughs> A good citizen. Just, a, just an upstanding guy. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you think that he's... Like, if I hear someone is named Joe, I'm like, you know, he's probably got all of his shit together. <laughs> he's probably a good guy, you know? Because <laughs> like, I'm serious. I don't think I've ever met a Joe that was just a total piece of shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> but no, I do. I do a, <laughs> do a, a podcast with the, another Joe. It's called uh, The Supercast. We cover all things pop culture. Uh, mostly superhero related, but all pop culture stuff, uh, anything from, you know, horror movies to superhero movies to oh, anything, Godzilla, King Kong, fucking Power Rangers, <laughs> all that stuff. So yeah, check that out for sure. Uh, we do that weekly and, uh, don't forget to keep listening to this show, the Starcast. It's, it started off very good. It should, I think it started off better than we started off with the Supercast. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's awesome. I'm really happy to be in on this thing on the ground floor. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much again for coming by. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Man, that was a blast finally getting to talk with Jordan. You know, I listen to his podcast every week. It is just such a great show. I really, really urge you, if, you, if you're not listening to the Supercast, get on iTunes, subscribe to him, check it out. You will not be disappointed. Jordan and Joe put together such a fun show. Very informative, too. And I can't wait to have the both of them together on the Startcast in a future episode. That is definitely going to be a lot of fun. Now, if you'd like any additional information or links to some of the subjects discussed today, be sure to like and follow my Facebook page, StarkCast. That's S-T-A-R-K-C-A-S-T, all one word, StarkCast. And uh, if you like what you heard, hop on iTunes and leave a review for my show. It really, really helps me out. Any questions or comments can be emailed to startcastpod at gmail.com. And, uh, hey, I like to read. Send me your emails. Seriously. I'll read it on the show. And, you know, if you got any questions for Jordan, go on Facebook and look up the Supercast page. They, uh, him and Joe V both, they are very interactive with their fans. And um, so if you got any questions for Jordan, you got any gripes about his opinions on anything, <laughs> don't direct those to me, direct them to him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, hey, thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next time, this has been Starkcast. <laughs>